have I got a story for you. $100 million. Nah, today's guest isn't about chasing that C-A-S-H. He's about capturing that C-O, too. He just wants the world to be a better place, regardless of who gets the credit and Elon's tenth of a billion dollar prize. Hot damn, dear listener, do I love getting to know today's youth. But first, a word from today's sponsor, who is also a part of today's youth, Andre Psyche. Dear and loyal listener, it was a good run, but AndrePsyche.com is dead. However, from its ashes, creativity has been spawned. Andre Psyche is on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, well, I guess he always was, Andre has adopted a minimalistic lifestyle as far as materialistic things go. Websites, cars, his hair. I do believe he has maintained his hygiene, though. And I also know his creative libido is fully stimulated and viewable on most social media platforms. Andre is a freelance creator extraordinaire, someone who makes music, poetry, art, clothing, and lives to make others feel good. Search him up. Andre Psyche, the next time you're looking to friend or follow someone outside of your social circle. We are also brought to you by Numbers. When's the last time you didn't use one? Oops, I dare you to go a day without doing it. What for? Because it'll feel better than six. (laughs) Just kidding. That last pun really ate it. Feeling generous with your time? Have like five seconds to spare? Want to spend $2 to support the Getting to Know You pod? Go to our Patreon.com and search Getting, the number two, no, the letter U pod, and become a subscriber. And since we're talking about generosity, here are a couple free ways to support the pod. It'll cost you nothing but your time. Push the subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to the pod on. Friend and follow the pod on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Go to Apple. Write a review. Those cost you nothing but your time, especially since everyone is on unlimited data at this point. And finally, we are looking for sponsors and advertisers. So if you or someone you know has a business or brand and would like to expand your market reach, please consider partnering with us. We get to know people from all around the world. Podcast is downloaded in over 46 states and Kind of steadily in Canada and the UK. Not to brag, but to brag. So, if you or someone you know are looking to get more traffic to your site, more followers on your social, more purchases of your product, more clicks on your whatever, just message us. And now, getting to know you. Hello. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you, getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you, putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And doggone it. My cup of tea. On today's show, we are getting to know Ravi. Ravi, who is in... Currently in Northern Virginia, and 
you might have set the record for the most books in a background by any guest <laughs> to date. Robbie, thank you so much for coming on, man. I appreciate you letting everybody get to know you. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Most, most books in a background? Yeah, I, I'll be honest, man. If I'm going quick count, I'd say 120 easily. Oh, oh, in my, yeah, in my shot. Well, yeah, don't be deceived. I haven't read these all cover to cover. Uh, <laughs> I, I own more books. I, I mean, I try, you know, I, I try to read, um, but, uh, you know, there's, all, there's always more books out there than I can get to, so. That's uh, life, man. It's, it seems like there's more of everything out there than anyone can get to. <laughs> yeah, I actually have, like, I'm not, I, I mean, a, a lot of times what I'll do is uh, I'll find, like, short summaries. Um, and, uh, yeah, just try to get the main ideas because I just don't, I don't have, like, yeah, just, I, I mean, it's, it's just hard to find the time. But, uh, yeah. Well, you really got to enjoy, like, the writer's style to get through 400 500 pages of a book even if it's um informational to me there has to be this weird wit or this wordiness to them that uh make, gives it a personality it's very hard for me to read something just cover to cover if it's bland i don't know if that's school that beat the textbook into me that makes me feel that way yeah i mean sometimes it's nice to just get the i, I, hear, I hear you it's nice to get like the original author's thoughts verbatim I mean, there's, there's no question I miss stuff when I, uh, you know, go for like a summary and try to just get like a synthesized understanding, but there's no question I miss stuff, but it's like, you know, it's better than not, better than not reading a book at all, I think. Yeah. And, and some, yeah, you I mean, it's so hard for Like, that's one of my constant, you know, like the daily struggle meme. It's like, which books are you going to read? <laughs> um, yeah. What, um, so are you more of a fiction, nonfiction guy? Do you have specific topics that you get into? I think I enjoy them in different ways. Um, like there's like there's like fiction I think of as more like um, art and uh, like, I, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's like art and science. It's like, you know, I think there's a place for both. Um, you know, but it's like, yeah, I, I, I think, I think that's how I'd put it. I um, And I didn't tell you this before we were recording, man. And I don't know how many people I actually don't tell. And I just looked up at the zoom screen. I was like, it might be ignorant. I tend to look away because I just take like little notes for timestamp purposes later on, man. So if I'm not making um super eye contact, I'm just trying to jot down notes. <laughs> I need notes. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, I forgot to say. Uh, I like what you said, dude, about the uh, art, fiction being art, because I think mm -hmm. that's that's the point, right? They can't draw like you would think art. Maybe they can't dance. They can't sing. But the way that they put a story together or create a character or even um try to create a unique storyline is something uh something that i really appreciate yeah uh, I'm you, a, you, have, you have a specific book you're thinking about it like, like a favorite or yeah no i definitely am because i'm reading it right now so i've been on a definitely a an informational kick until um i can't say her last name carolyn kneeps um she she's you love me is the third book in the series but she just had the uh, series picked up on netflix for two seasons it's you are you familiar with that at all I can't say I am, no. Okay. Um, so it's it's a psychological book where this dude's just a fucking he he's he's insane stalker. He's super obsessive. And he just falls in love with these women that he comes in contact with and romanticizes them and then basically just winds up killing a bunch of people in their lives to get to them who are stopping him from having the relationship with them. Wow. 
well, it's like, well, who's the main character? Well, the main character is Joe. And why do you love reading about psychos who stalk women? Well, it's why I hang out on the internet. No, I'm just kidding. That would be terrible. Um, it's something about his personality, the way that she, he basically has this inner monologue throughout the whole story with a shit ton of pop culture references. And he's an avid reader. So not only do you get like funny, witty pop culture references, but she makes these, she puts these characters as stereotypes. And then he references them in his mind, comparing them to like classic literature characters. And it's just, I love the contrast and I love his snarkiness. And he'll have five pages of him just hating someone. And then you get a line of dialogue. It's like, sure, I'll grab a beer. Let's hang. <laughs> and you're like, that's completely not what you're thinking. It, um, it reminds me of Holden Caulfield from uh, Catcher in the Rye. Wow. Okay. Uh, I can't, you know what? You, uh, I, I've never read Catcher in the Rye. It's, I know it's a classic. Yeah. But, uh, Yes, forgive me. <laughs> no, it's probably overrated. Um, but it's it, it's one. Of, I think when I look back, I don't know why it's a classic, other than the fact that it's this young kid who has these inner monologues figuring out the world, and um, he doesn't act on any of these thoughts the way he thinks he should act on them. Mm -hmm. And it, it um, I don't know why it stuck with me, but it is one. Of, I probably just say it to like sound like bougie like book bougie <laughs> like oh i've read a classic i know his name but uh i don't know nothing like is super fancy about the story or the plot it's just the character man he's just talking to himself and that's what joe reminds me of so if you like like pop culture snarky references and every once in a while you come across a scene where you're like holy shit that happened it, it's a solid book solid series you know, the thing is, I, uh, I'm on this um, reading social media, it's called Goodreads. And I have like, a, you know, I have, I plan out like, you know, I, I, I like all the time I'm browsing and I, and I like, I feel like I read like the synopsis and I'm like, wow, that's an interesting book. So I add it to my to read list. And I think it's literally like, it's on the order of hundreds of books <laughs> piled up on my, to, on my to read list. Like, I think it's like at least three, 400, something, something like that. It, um, I used to. It, if I go to a bookstore, if I go to a library, I can grab 20, 30 books, man. And I had to make a rule myself where I'm like, I'm not buying another book until I finish the book that I bought. Right. And yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I, I've done that too. You go to the bookstore and you, you know, you pick out the books and you, you know, I mean, it's so silly. I thought this, you know, I was feeling like, okay, I'm going to read all these books and I'm, I'm just picturing what happens after, you know, yeah. like after you read all those books, like, like, what do you, you know, what do you process? What do you learn? And it's like, but I mean, I mean, I've been there. Yeah, it's and I don't. What's the last book you finished? The last book I finished. Um, well, I was reading David Wallace Wells' um, book. It was like the Uninhabitable Earth. I was reading that recently. Uninhabitable uh, Earth. The Uninhabitable Earth. It's about um, the threats of climate change, and you know, it's his. It's his take. The thing is, you know, he might be a little bit more. I'm not like I wish this book had more footnotes because um, I'm not sure like what models he's using. Like there's like there you know there is some variance in climate models, but that's not to imply it's not an issue worth thinking about. Like at least to me, um, you know, like some people think, you know, we're going to exceed you know twelve grades, 12, twelve degrees of warming, and some people think you know maybe we can. Some people still think maybe we can keep below two. Um, there's like a, there's a there's a variety of predictions, but you know I guess I mean. 
so, so, so I guess, like, I guess what I'm saying is that, like, I don't necessarily agree with everything in the book, but right. um, it was, it was nice to read. I, yeah, it was something. It's um, when you talk about the footnotes, I remember going through grad school, and uh, I'm not gonna be a super ageist, but I'm gonna say I'm probably I'm turning forty this summer. So I'm assuming I'm at least a decade older than you, if not maybe two. <laughs> but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm I'm 21 right now. Yeah, actually. right. Exactly. So, exactly. You got you got some life experience on me. I mean, I'm not, yeah. No, no. Well, but what I'm getting at with my um, extended life experience over you, God, it's fucking trippy to talk to somebody um, with basically half your age, man. But I love the fact that you're saying you wish you had footnotes because that's something that. I started getting into when people would refer to studies and yeah. then you just take it like, Oh, great. But then if you click on a study, especially when I was an education major, I, I have a real problem with um, medication and ADHD and the overdiagnosis. And um, you read some of these studies, you're like, wait, so it was 21 kids in London. And we're going to compare that to the environment of what at rural West Virginia. And we're going right. to say like that's applicable and not take into account environment or wait, that was an elementary study. Now you're applying that and saying those principles go to a middle school kid. Are we sure about this? Yeah, exactly. You know, like, it, it, you know, it's, it's healthy. To, it's healthy. I think that skepticism is really healthy. Um, oh, I think it's know, needed. Some, yeah, needed. Yeah. And um, it's like, you know, not everything published in any journal everywhere is correct just because you know, this guy may claim to have a PhD. I mean, you know, like I, like I really, like one thing I really believe is like, you know, evaluate the ideas and not like the people. I mean, like, how can you evaluate the credibility of someone without looking at the ideas? Like, you know, it's not like, 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 like it's not, it's not just the credentials that make it the idea legitimate. It's, it's the idea, you know, it's like, is this a good idea? I mean, I'm not, yeah. Dude, and so you're wearing, I don't know if people won't get to see it, but you're wearing a NASA shirt and then you're, it's, is it like a teacup or a coffee cup that has like a, the element breakdown of caffeine? Did I notice that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So this, this is like a, like yeah, a beaker like a chemical structure of caffeine. Yeah. It's, and I want you like, this is just something I'm thinking about. It's got, so it's got like, you know, you got oxygen, nitrogen, you've got like some of the bonds represented, but like, but what's interesting is that like you got the CH3 uh, functional group, um, which is really what gives it its properties. Like that's what, like you know it's like, it's like what makes it unique, right? Or at least at least the, uh, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, it's, it's like get the functional groups. Um, You're gonna have to. So we learn about um, chemical bonds in seventh grade science. I was also a TAM teacher, so like I have a very basic understanding about elements seeking um, what's not homeostasis, but they're seeking to have that. Rule? Say again. Like, like octets or uh, uh, like stable, like, like stable energy exactly yeah. a stable environment yeah so they're just constantly going around basically like they're just non-monogamous they don't care who they hook up with they're just looking for something to either give them a charge or take a charge from them so when you say functional group i hadn't heard that before is that just like yeah. common um i think it's i think it might be like a i mean it's a, it's, it's a term i think the first time i heard it was in a chemistry textbook i think it's more common in organic chemistry yeah, yeah, as opposed to just general gen chem, but got you. And yeah, I yeah. had no idea that part of coffee's greatness is the fact that it has a functional group of elements. Oh yeah, well, uh, yeah. Um, I, I like I, I I love neuroscience. I love thinking about it, and I don't claim to understand everything. But it's like, you know, it's like even just like I get to look at this every day, and it's like if I need something to think about to try to understand, it's like okay, well, like, just think about this. Why does this work? You know, it's like I, I mean. 
I got, I've got like t-shirts with, I mean, you know, I, I have the master shirt on right now, but I also have like some other t-shirts with like schematic diagrams of engines. And it's like, no, I don't, I don't understand how that works. It's just a mystery to me that I'm just trying to hold in my mind, you know? And it's like, yeah. Do you, and I, do you like sit there and stay focused on it or does it kind of overwhelm your mind and you just enjoy where you wander off to because of it? Um, I mean, I try to stay focused on like the urgent things that needs to get, that need to get done like this day. Oh no, I meant but, the t-shirt, man. So like if I'm looking at an engine t-shirt, that's like breaking down all the parts, I might be able to go like 20 seconds before my mind drifts to something else. And I didn't know if that oh, yeah. was like a mental exercise for you, almost like getting, um, like brain pushups. We were like, no, no, I'm going to really like yeah. follow this diagram or whatever. And I'm going to put these pieces together, together to understand how this engine that I know nothing about how it works. I'm just going to kind of figure out how it works. I right. Know. Like, I, yeah, yeah. That, that, I think that's sort of the idea. Um, it's like, I love it, man. You know, it's just something it's, it's like, it's like I was reading, I was also like most recently I was reading this book about physicists and it talked about Newton and he said that like he would hold one idea in his mind until, um, you know, and, and then, and then like bit by bit, like, you know, he would start to understand it and it, you know, it didn't happen overnight, but like bit by bit, just, you know, and uh, I guess, I guess that might be kind of the idea. Yeah. Well, I, I think, and I can't do it so much with science. I, I don't know if I've really tried to gain a deep, deep understanding, but I refer to it. I think of it more like in a value sense where like, if people have like, what are your non-negotiables? What is yeah. something you're like, this is who, what I value. And yeah. some people be like, you know, well, you don't kill. It, I, I value the Bible. So then that's the level they start. Okay. Well, what about the, va- the Bible gives you values? Well, the 10 commandments. Okay. So now we've drilled down two levels. Well, what in the 10 commandments? Thou shall not kill. Okay. So now we're at a third level. And it's like, well, what if yeah. that person had your baby and a gun to their head? Or I watched this like Russell Crowe movie the other day where the mom, Jimmy Snuka is off the bed and puts a, <laughs> it was, it's spoiler, I mean, but not a spoiler, puts scissors like through the dude's head to save its kid. Cause he's choking out the kid. And it's like, well, yeah. isn't that kind of an acceptable reason to kill? And I'm always um, curious. Yeah, these are questions. Yeah. And, but, you know, like, like, you know, you know, you know like so some people might consider this like sensitive, but I think ethics is really important. I, I, I mean, you know, it, it's not, it's not just science that's worth thinking about, you know? Oh yeah. There's definitely. There's definitely a place for ethics and people, people like you who think about that too. But I mean, I, and I'm with you. Like, I mean, you know, think about all the heroes that died on Normandy beach, you know, they, I mean, you know, like, so I, I, I think about, I think about ethics too, like, you know, and, uh, I've, uh, you know, even I've entered into theology a little bit too, um, trying to find, you know, some ethical understanding, some principles, but exactly like you said, I mean, it's hard to say better, like some principles, some, some ethics, some lines you won't cross. Yeah. I was was thinking more just how the deep thinking where it seems like now everyone's so overstimulated that you don't take the time to really drill down into it. You just almost want to have surface talking points. You know, I think about, um, I think that's definitely true. I think, um, so this is just a guess, but I think, I, I think, and, and, and you know, with kids, I think we're still, like, I've heard, I've heard it said that kids are still developing gray matter. And I, I, I sorry, I'm gonna, I, I, I know it's an admittedly a scientific explanation. And, and like, but, um, like the frontal lobe, I think is the area of the brain that, you know, it's responsible for, I, I think it's related to kind of some of the things we're talking about, like being able to think deeply and concentrate. Um, like even, uh, like I've, I, you know, I've read some of the stuff on EHD, some of the stuff on mental illness, and they say, 
I, I really think a lot of it can be explained by underdevelopment of the frontal lobe. Um, and you know, yeah, that's what I'm working. I mean, I, I mean, I'm working on it too. You know, trying to be able to focus for longer periods of time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna say I've never like never stopped at a headline and then didn't read the article. You know? Dude, I do that shit all and the time. I'm but working on it. The yeah. one thing I try not to do is have an opinion or try to conversate about something based on just reading the headline. Cause then you're fucked. You know, someone's like, Oh yeah. And then, and you're like, I just lost all my social equity with this. I got nothing. I'm a fraud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's one, it's one thing to look smart and it's another thing. It's like, you know, you can talk to someone for two minutes and you can figure out like, okay, did they just read the headlines or have they really thought about this? And yeah, it's, like, it's one question there. Yeah. What did, um, I'm curious what you meant or why did you start thinking about the uh, soldiers on Normandy? Oh, I was talking about D-Day. No, yeah, um, but what, what made you think about D-Day when we were talking about the ethics and murder? Well, I think they were prepared to um, just defend. I mean, like what, like what made these guys heroes? Um, you know, like, like I, you know, I, I mean... I think that's important to reflect on. Um, but to me, it's like they were willing to defend the human nation over the Aryan nation. Um, I think about Nazism and I think about what the allies were fighting for. Um, you know, they were willing to do what's necessary for ideals bigger than themselves. And I'm not saying that like we need to, I'm not saying that, you know, right now what the world needs is a bunch of people to go storm a beach. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, it's like, just try, I, that's something I think about, you know. Um, I, I guess maybe maybe I've seen too many, maybe I've been thinking about World War II too much. But I've, I've been thinking. I I, uh, I was thinking about Churchill, um, Churchill's like speeches during, uh, you know, before and after Dunkirk, after France was invaded, and uh, you know, well, you know, we shall defend our own. We'll never surrender. Right at the storm of war. I mean, it, 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 you know, sometimes it, you know, it, it, it did get to me. It's like, like, wow, that's something that's, that's like, he's really talking about ideals bigger than himself there. Um, yeah. Do you, th does it take you to a place where you wonder where you would fall? Like if you were enlisted, I, I do that when I watch the movies because they always go with the whole range of reactions to the moment, right? The gung-ho guys, the the alpha males, the smart, cunning ones, the jackasses that put like someone in front of them because they know, you know, the dudes who just like cry. I mean, I almost think of like Saving Private Ryan is another great example. Of I, just, I, I, yeah, I've watched, I watched that. I've been thinking right. about that movie. Yeah, yeah, that just shows the range of ordinary people that get put into these positions and then become heroes. So I wonder, I'm curious where you listening to his speech does it where do you feel your role would have been had you been born I, at that time you know, i don't know because there's so many variables it's like am i going i mean you know what i i mean i'll you know i'll be honest with you i'm not like the greatest athlete ever so um but i do i mean i do care about you know ideals bigger than myself and it's like what, like, what would have been my place and honestly like i guess if i have to think i mean i would have been more of like i don't know I mean, if you were to take like my current strengths, what I'm currently good at, I would think I would be, you know, more with Alan Turing working on the Enigma, or at least trying to be a small part of that, trying to help out Alan Turing, you know, crack the code, the, the German Enigma for uh, U-boats and, uh, you know, how do they attack the Allied supply ships? I guess, I guess if I had to think, but for me, it's not about like, you know, it's less about like where I would have been in that battle or, you, you know, it's less about where I would have been in World War II and more like what I can do today. Um, okay. like, like, you know, well, like what is necessary today. And, um, it's, it, you know, thankfully you don't have a world war going on, but, uh, 
just trying to think of like, what, like, like, can I do things that are useful today? Got you. So like, and what is the ideal? Place. Is climate change like one of those ideals you feel is Absolutely. something where well, people... I, I, think it's, I think it's a major obstacle that affects everybody. Um, yeah, I think about it. I've been, I've been thinking about carbon capture lately um, and trying to like... So there's this uh, um, um, XPRIZE um, where the, I think they're offering, I think it's like a hundred million dollars. Oh, didn't Elon Musk just put that out? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking, dude, when he said a hundred million dollars, basically like for a vacuum, a filter, I'm like, how is it that complicated? And as soon as I thought that, I realized just how stupid I was. Because if it's worth a hundred million dollars and I associate it with a vacuum and a filter, I'm like, I'm almost positive it's not that simple, Sean. <laughs> well, I mean, but, 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 but I mean, I mean, you've been there. I mean, you, you know, you, you know, you're smart enough to question yourself. And I mean, I've been there too. And I've, I've, I've had some dumb, I mean, I say the stupidest things. Yeah. So no, but I, I was thinking about it. Cause when you were um, talking about the hundred million, I'm thinking how many people like went to their garage and were like, I'm winning this bitch tomorrow. <laughs> and they're like, what's your idea? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Brillo, uh, pad, well, Brillo well, pads and shop facts. That, that was my first thought, honestly. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm still working on it. I mean, I realize it's not going to work. It happened overnight, but I've been thinking about it. Um, also trying to like recruit people to my team. Also, you know. No shit. Like um, a legit, like a legit, legit carbon remover from the atmosphere. Yeah, well, there, there's, and uh, like it's worth, I mean, I don't know, for me, like, when I, when I started thinking about it, I started breaking it down more, like, there's lots of different ways to do that. Um, like, you can, um, like, a lot of carbon capture is what's called point source capture, where okay. you, um, where you place your, you know, your, your device that captures carbon, and you place it next to something like a, like a power plant that is emitting, like, CO2, or, so there's, like, so you can capture a specific source. Um, I think there's alternatives to that too. I'm still learning about this and, you know, I've been taking notes. Um, but I guess the thing is, I guess, I guess maybe one of my strengths is I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to ask questions. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that's, I think that's helping me trying to figure out what I don't know. So then I can, you know, then I can learn it. That's the first step, my friend. So you have, did you say you have a team? Like you got a couple of dudes that you're working with trying to figure out some way to capture carbon. I'm working on it. Um, like Dude, I, awesome. I've been reaching out to my friend. You know, I have, I have a friend who's a really good mathematician, and I was like, I have a friend who's a really good computer scientist. And I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to recruit them. And I'm like, you know, we might, need, we might, you know. I mean, I'm like for me, I guess I think more about physics. Um, but you know, we need someone who's who who's thinks about computers too. So I mean, like we could use like some sort of a. I, I think I think it will be relevant uh, as we develop it further. I think it will be necessary to run um, simulations and probably over like something like a cloud computing service. So like there is a place for programmers too. And I, I, like, I'm just trying to, like right now, I'm just trying to, um, you know, give people like some proof of concept, like some reason to join my team, you know, like come up with some so solid basis and, you know, trying to kind of inspire them. So, uh, to join me. and I don't know if you're paranoid about someone stealing your idea, um, or if you want to explain a little bit to me, but I'd be interested, like, do you, what is your actual idea or concept so far that you're working on? Yeah, I'm not really paranoid. I feel like if somebody else has better execution than me, then they deserve it. <laughs> See, um, there's the idealist and, in you, dude. That's fucking awesome. You're not like the greedy capitalist. You're like, it just matters that it gets done. It doesn't matter that I'm the one who gets it done. That's beautiful. That's beautiful, my yeah. friend. 
I mean, it's something, I mean, it's something, and, you know, I owe, I owe some credit here to, you know, to honestly, Elon Musk, who's inspired me a lot. I mean, but like, I think about when he released his patents mm. for Tesla and I was like, okay, like that, like that was a big moment for me that, that uh, I mean, it, you know, it, 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 it really shows, I think his character, but you know, like that, that's me. And you know, some of the people who've inspired me, I mean, there's a long list. Uh, it's not just Elon, but he's certainly one of them. But yeah, I guess, uh, anyway, to get back to my idea, um, uh, yeah, I, I don't have a whole lot working on right now. I'm just trying to like start with like how conventional things work. Uh, I was trying to figure out how to formulate the problem, um, distinguish it. So there's lots of different gases in the atmosphere. It's not so, and you know, maybe the unifying thread is carbon, but, um, you know, there's carbon dioxide, CO2, there's methane, CH4, um, and like I, I was wondering, like you make, you know, is it possible? Will it be necessary to focus on either one of those, like either capturing carbon dioxide or capturing methane, or can you build some sort of apparatus that does both? And I'm, I'm still, I'm still researching, so See, we're still in the early, early stages. But that, um, that's something I never thought about, and you've just taken me a level deeper into my thinking about it. Is can you? break if carbon's bonded with something else can you break that bond and then what happens to those elements and then the second thing is do you actually want to take all carbon out of the atmosphere don't we need to leave some carbon yes yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a small one i mean if you, if you think about like that's absolutely correct i mean like some planets have no atmosphere um like like mars currently right for example has um well, well i mean not no atmosphere like it's got i think it's got some methane I'm trying to remember if it's in the core of the atmosphere, but um, but yeah, you do need some level of carbon because you don't want. It's like you need some heat on the planet, and it's like that, that traps some heat, um, but you don't want to have. And and, and, it, and it gets kind of complicated, but there's and I have been like trying to also understand this from a physics perspective, but um, when you have there's there's lots of different. Uh, mechanisms through which it works but like it starts with the carbon in the atmosphere and then you can get um for example you could get large uh large stores of ice melting like uh the, like the siberian traps for example or um and then that actually when, when they melt there's actually some carbon contained in that ice it's not just pure h2o right. um and then that releases more carbon yeah. How do we get onto this again? I, I, I want to make sure I'm not like, going off topic. Do you, you don't have to worry about staying on any sort of topic, my friend. It's just kind of, it's rambling. I'm interested in, um, it, if you have an idea about I don't know, capturing carbon, I've never talked to anybody about that who could even go to the second level. Like you named two different compounds involving carbon. And I was like, holy shit, I've never considered, I, I hear the headline, right? Like, Global warming, yeah. carbon bad. And that's where my understanding stops. But then I'm thinking, well, like, don't plant, like, basic, most basic level I can understand. Again, seventh grade science. I emit carbon out of my mouth. Then plants take that and helps them to grow. They give me oxygen, which I then take, and somehow I release it as carbon. And that's how I, like, think of the carbon cycle in the most simple way. Well, yeah, there's something to that. I mean, right. So but, then uh, I'm but, like, but then I'm like, when you start naming different compounds, I'm like, holy shit, that's right. It's not like it's just the carbon element alone floating out there, or is it? And then you have these compounds that are good, but these single elements that are actually trapping gases and not allowing them to escape. But then at the same time, I started thinking like, 
aren't gases bound by gravity and could they escape? Isn't that the whole fucking point of an atmosphere? That's why rockets have such a hard time because you have to have some sort of force to like escape the gravity. So then I get lost in my own thoughts and I don't know like if I need a formula to figure it out, like almost like what you were saying. Well, one of the ideas that really helped me out um, and I, and I think this is, I mean, it's certainly not like an Elon Musk original. Um, I mean, but uh, it's, it's like, if you can properly phrase the question, then the answer is often the easy part. So if you can just think of the good questions like you're doing, like, you know, sometimes they're just one, you know, one Google search away or one, I mean, yeah, right. sometimes if it's harder, one stack exchange post away. But if you can, if you can properly phrase the question, like that's a lot of the, like that's a lot of the hard part. I think That's actually so true, man. It's something I notice in kids that I spend a lot of time helping them to understand, not like what to read, but how to Google it. <laughs> and yeah, you're like, dude, honestly, yeah. you gotta like, Google. Like, like, well, go ahead. No, no, I, dude, I, it's 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 that's all it really is. Like, man, you can't have 32 words for your question, like keyword kind of a thing. Or, ah, uh, what if you put this word first? Or, what's really most important in that sentence? Do you need eight words to ask that question? Can you ask it in two? You know, basic little concepts. Hmm. I almost, now I want to Google, like, what is the bad carbon? That's what I would Google. And I would take it from there going after my hundred million. <laughs> go, go, go for it, man. And then, and then, you know what it would be? I would basically glue, I would hot glue like fishnets that they use in aquarium shops to seagulls. And I would have them fly around and then like have people throw um, French fries and the seagulls would land and we would change the filters and we would just do that daily. And not only would I solve global warming, I would also give people jobs who need them. I was being stupid that I know you just, there's nothing wrong with like asking weird questions or having weird ideas. I mean, like sometimes, you know, like I, I had a friend, I think who asked recently, like, why don't we just, you know, like for the, for malaria, why don't we just eradicate mosquitoes? And it's like, you know, mm. I try not to be afraid of like that question. It's like, well, I mean, you know, maybe it's the right thing to do. Maybe it's not, but I don't know until I ask the question. And it's like, like, why can't we do that? I mean, I do. My know, daughter one, one of them that. is the, I, I, and I saw some ideas like, you know, I mean, like one of them is maybe some unanticipated side effect, but. Well, they're food, right? So like at the base, the only thing we could think about, my daughter asked this actually almost the, for the last two summers when mosquitoes start coming out. She's like, what purpose do they serve? They're freaking do nothing. I'm like, well, I can only think of two things. One, they're a basic food source for other organisms that do things. Or two, it's nature making sure we don't overpopulate and having this thing that like checks mortality. Maybe like God just invented mosquitoes so that half a percent of the population would die every year from diseases spread by them and the world won't overpopulate. I'm a little skeptical. Um, I I guess the latter one personally, but uh, (laughs) I think, I mean, you know, uh, but yeah, it's possible that they're an essential part of the ecosystem. I mean, I haven't, you know, the ecology. I mean, what, you know, if you kill off mosquitoes, are you forcing some other essential part of the ecosystem to adapt? And, and, uh, frogs are fucked. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> Spiders. They, don't they eat crickets and other insects too? Yeah, I feel like mosquitoes would be so much easier because mosquitoes, like, um, breed right there in the water. I feel like it's just a buffet, it's a Chinese buffet for frogs. When it's mosquito season, I might be. I honestly haven't thought about this much. So. <laughs> Dude, I'll, what do you? Are I'm assuming you're in college. 
Uh, yeah, I think I'm technically on leave right now because you know, like, Corona. You didn't. You didn't but, want uh, to pay forty grand to like take online classes, kind of a thing. Yes. <laughs> Smart. Um. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, I uh, under undergrad at Northwestern most recently. So. Oh no! Yeah. Shit. Wow, man. Yeah. You are definitely above my pay grade, homeboy. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, I, I think that's the wrong way to look at it. Really? Why is that? Well, it's like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I think that some people like they think like there's no, there's no. Some people think about knowledge as like a scalar, right? Like they think about knowledge ability as like as like a scalar number. Like this person knows, and, and you know, I could look and I could easily find someone who puts me to shame. Um, and and it's like okay, this person knows ninety, and I know fifty. Right. But that's like that. That's such an oversimplified way to use numbers. It's like it's like, um, it's like an IQ test. It's, I don't think that's how. I don't think that's really true. I think um, I think you know. Well, this person knows some things. I know some things. I mean, I think knowledge is more of a of a vector than a scalar. Uh, to put it in math terms, and it's like there's not one kind of intelligence. There's I think there's lots of different. Oh. I think that I think to say that is to oversimplify. I actually have like a little Stephen Hawking quote post. Uh, posted out on my door and it's like people who go around bragging about their IQ scores are morons. Intelligence is the ability to adapt to change. <laughs> I did the adapt to change and problem solve is huge just because you have a Google processor, if that's even a thing, in your mind and can regurgitate all these facts. Like that shit is super impressive if you're always winning trivia without cheating. But if you can't like problem solve when you're I don't know, like the GPS goes down and you're going to your next trivia challenge. Like that's the real intelligence because you need to function. Right. Yeah. I think about, I think I used to think about, um, you know, I had like a sort of, I had this big time where I was thinking about epistemology, like what is knowledge? Uh, like I spent, I, like I spent some time when I was younger thinking about that. And um, I mean, it's, it's pretty, I mean, you, it's, it's like, it's kind of like you said, I think you were onto something. It's like, um, you know, it's not about knowing isolated trivia facts. It's about having more of a synthesized understanding. At least to me, that's what I value. Yeah, application. Or, or, or more, more of that, yeah. Um, and what are you studying at Northwestern? Um, my, so last, last uh, I was, was there, my, I was playing on material science. I, you know, I was going to do physics, um, but they made me do, they were going to make me do Spanish. Um, and... No yeah. <laughs> I Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I, you know, it's just not my, it's just not my skill set. Or, or, or it's just not what I'd want. I just it's not just what I want. It's not what I want to focus on. It's like well, like well, like why would I take you know? I, and it's this is I'm not like disparaging. You know, it's not like like I want people to misunderstand that it's not like I'm disparaging. You know, people who speak a different language. I mean, you know, understanding them seems great in a vacuum, but I also want to. You know, it comes at the cost of thinking about something else. Like uh, you only get so much memory, man. Right? Again, if we're gonna be real basic with numbers. It's a fucking hundred percent for a reason, right? A, a pie chart fills up for a reason. And I think you're right, dude. To me, like you rattling off some of those functional groups <laughs> of carbon or I guess maybe they're not functional groups of carbon. If you're rattling off compounds that are floating around and you know CH3 means these words and you can see that, that's another language in itself. The same as computeradora means computer. And you're like, okay, I can associate these words with this symbol or image. You're doing that if you're looking at chemistry or you're looking at equations. 
Right. It's like, I don't want to be like a mile wide and an inch deep. You know, yeah. it's like, I don't want to, it's like, I want to, I want to really be able to specialize and have like a deep understanding of some things rather than a very shallow understanding of others, like, you know, of everything. Yeah. Dude, I have no idea what material science is and why you would go to that over physics. Um, I, I haven't really spoken to many people who are into these kind of things. So what, what is material science? What are you trying to do with that or learn with that? Um, I think it's like, you know, you, like it, it, it's very much interdisciplinary. I think you got physics and engineering. Um, I mean, like, how could I put it in? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, like, this is like what the, this is like the first thing that the teachers do every, they're like, what is material science? Well, like most things around us can be considered material and you know, you can, I mean, I, I don't know how to say it other than that. It's really at the intersection of physics and engineering. Um, okay. And yeah. physics, and you can tell me where I'm wrong. And um, with my uh, roots of community college to start off with, humble brag. <laughs> um, physics is more like theories of getting shit moving and engineering is the nuts and bolts of making it move. That's one. That's one way to put it. I, I want to see. Like, I need to. I, I would need to spend some time thinking. But I mean, I guess, like, for, like I guess, I guess, really, what what separates physics for me is like the ways of thinking. Um, okay. Like the scientific method, and it's almost. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, like, here's my best attempt at you know at that would be like physics is about almost creating new knowledge for engineers to use. I like um, that. I like that. I don't know if that's applicable, but that sounds hella smart to me, especially from a 21 year old. <laughs> Doing my best. Dude, I like that. I, and it can be nerve wracking, man. It's something, um, I don't know if many, most of the people I get on the pod, to be honest with you, probably mid thirties, maybe late twenties, because they almost have that like established identity and it can give them a lot of confidence. And I had no idea when we were texting back and forth, man, that you were like, when I saw you on the Zoom tonight for the first time, no idea that you're 21. Like, dude, it's ballsy to get on here and talk about things um, on a record. And like, I think it's natural to be apprehensive. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, but yeah. I, I like that. To me, that's a great thing. You're just, you're coming up with things and engineers are figuring out. Do you lean towards one side or the other? Do you like dabbling in the theories more? Or do you like dabbling in the practicality of, this is how I can make it happen. Oh boy, I don't know. I and mean, the way I think about it is, it's like, which like, what would, would you rather have your left hand or your right hand? It's like, well, oh, I have to choose. Um, but uh, that was deep as well. <laughs> um, so, give me a little bit about how you picked Northwestern, or did Northwestern pick you? Were you recruited like a CIA agent? No, uh, I mean, honestly, I think when I was younger, like the high school I went to, everyone, I think there's like this huge misunderstanding where people are like, go to the prestigious school, it'll get guaranteed success. And it's like, well, that's, that's just not it at all. I, I, I think, I mean, like, you know, there might, there might be some good things that you can get in Northwestern, but it's not, it's not the acceptance rate that makes it special. It's really the people. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I guess, I guess when I was younger, I probably had this foolish idea, like, oh, go somewhere, you know, go to an Ivy, go to Stanford, go to MIT, Caltech, it'll open doors. And that was probably how I saw it, which was really, you know, at, at the time, like, looking back, like, that was so oversimplified. But I guess maybe that's what I was pressured to do, but 
like now that I think about it for myself, it's not that simple. You can find people who are, you know, incredibly smart who went to Harvard and, you know, ended up going insane. <laughs> and uh, I, I mean, I'm, fr- I'm, I'm frankly, I'm thinking of Ted Kaczynski. Um, but but it's <laughs> the Unabomber. It just shows you it's just not that simple. It's not as simple as like prestige guarantee success. You need to be you need to have something. You know, it's just not that simple. I, I don't know how else to say it. But so then, why Northwestern? Um, they let me in. Um, I learned afterwards. <laughs> I learned afterwards they had a good program in material science. So and, and you know, there's some great people I met here who I think really helped me in my um. You know, I mean, like, you know, we also thought about some of the same things I thought about. Maybe they thought about, um, you know, materials and, uh, well, you know, like I, I try, I'm, I'm like, I think technically associated with a lab that does some computational material science, but it's like, it's just like some people who think about that too. And I don't know, like, I, I'm, I mean, there's no guarantee that Northwestern is the only place to find it. They're just the ones who let me in, honestly. How many schools did you apply to? Quite a lot. Like I think, like even for people, like like like, like a lot. Um, I, I basically like you know, I think it was like on the order of like twenty, thirty. But oh it was God. so foolish, man. I mean, why do you say that? I, why is it foolish? Well, I thought that this. I thought that my school was my destiny, and it's just not. I mean, that's just wrong. It's just like one thing that I think really. And I was just talking with a friend about this the other day, and it's like, what are the big misunderstandings that we had in high school? And like maybe one of them was like external factors entirely determine, you know, the outcome. I mean, um, you know, like there is like you know, like in sociology they talk about externalism and internalism. And I, I wrote like a blog post about that. Um, like ability to achieve starts in the mind, and you know, externalism is just not true because people can rise above. You know, people can come from the worst backgrounds and they can rise above. And you know, an externalist view doesn't. I don't know. To me, it doesn't really explain that. Um, so that, that view, and I'm not familiar at all with externalism, but I'm assuming through your context clues that your environment limits you or your environment determines things for you. That, 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 that's exactly the idea of externalism. I don't, I don't like that. So like, I think, yeah. But why did that make you think you needed 20 to 30 colleges? Because you, because it's like getting to the best one and then guarantee success, but there is no best one. It was uh, different. Okay. So then you were just like, I'm going to shoot for these 20 or 30, hoping that one of the 20 or 30 bests, it just increases my chances of being selected into something good. I don't want to miss probably out. How I, looked at it. I, was, I just wanted to prove myself. Probably. Is it a bragging I mean, it thing? Really, it was really silly and really vain looking back on it. That's what I'm wondering. Like, is that, and again, I'm not, uh, I'm about to turn 40. I didn't even apply to colleges. I went to the National Guard. I think I got a, we were talking about this the other day, shooting shit with teachers. Like, dude, I literally think on my SATs, I might've got an 890. I want to go look. Like it was, it's a terrible, terrible score. And I feel like I'm a fairly intelligent person. I feel like I'm an easy 11. I feel like I could get an 11 rolling out of bed or I should. And I, but I went to community college for two years and it was one of the better things, smaller classes. I got a lot of personal attention. I got to hone my craft with feedback and, you know, I, I was able to get a grad, I have a couple graduate degrees now certified to do a bunch of whatever teaching different subjects. Yeah. So it helped me, but I never was in a circle where it mattered to say I was accepted in blank. Plus I didn't have to post anything. I didn't have to fucking record myself clicking on a link and being like, Oh my God, I'm in the Stanford. Oh, and like, 
put that or even have my parents be like wanting to go to parties talking about little Shawnee just got accepted into MIT. Aren't we so proud? But really what he's going to do is go to University of Delaware because he wants to stay grassroots. Like I never had to deal with any of that. So I'm curious, was it some sort of like the social influence in your head at yes. that time where you were like, I want to say I got into 15 blanks? I think, I mean, it's probably a little unfair to me on yourself, but yeah, I think it was too much of that in my thinking. Um, I was like really into math and like, I was trying to like probably formulate it as some optimization thing, which was just totally wrong. But I mean, like, I, I mean, I do think that's just a, just a bad way of looking at it, a bad way of looking at people. I mean, like even recently I was entertaining the idea, like, well, if I really want to get in at Tesla and I just want to get in at the, do the door, um, Austin Community College has got, you know, a relationship with Tesla where they can funnel students in. So I was like, I don't do that. I mean, and also I kind of want, I mean, there's part of me that kind of wants to give the finger to the elitists, like, mm -hmm. or, or, even, even to the elitist part of me. Yeah. But, right. uh, the, the things I saw in myself, I was just, I, but maybe it's, an, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to be rash about it, but. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause I mean, it's a, uh, not, not only does it have some consequences, but it's also going to carry some sort of debt or monetary um, anchor <laughs> along with it. It's going to be, um, who's the first guy that, um, not Ebenezer Scrooge, Marley, Jacob Marley. Every, like, every time people complain about college debt, I just picture them as Jacob Marley's when he comes back with the chains all over him. And it's like every time you have to take another class or transfer to another college, it's just more chains and more chains and more chains weighing people down. So absolutely, yeah. I think yeah, and I think you know we like we could really, I mean, we could talk about this for hours, and I think because I think other people have, but it's like it's I mean like just 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 like where I, where you know where I land at the end of the day is it's not that simple, and you know it's not as simple as the school makes the person. It's, it's that's just not true. It's it's um I mean and and you know even even when uh. No, I see like Elon Musk recruiting for Tesla and SpaceX. You know, you know Tom Mueller, like one of the best engineers at SpaceX, didn't go to MIT, didn't go to Caltech. Uh, I mean, he just retired, but uh, but he was one of the best engineers for a long time. And um, he went to University of Idaho. And okay. well, you know that's the, that that's where my family. You know, I actually have family in Idaho who kind of comes from Idaho. Oh no! Way. And I was like, okay, there you go. Like 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 there's like there's something that proves right right away that if you want to be, you know. You don't need to go to Harvard or Caltech. Well, dude, if, as soon as like, I think of, like, as soon as I think of Idaho, I think I'm bored as fuck and I got a lot of space to get into shit. So, like, of course you'd be an engineer, dude. I was a oh, kid yeah. at 11 when I was a latchkey kid. We were trying to figure out how to make timers on WD-40 to like basically set time bombs to explode them. You know, like what substance should we soak the rag in? What kind of material in the rag would allow the flame? whatever this long till it got to the top, how big of a rag do we need in order to have the explosion? Like all these, you look back and if you actually funneled it, it would be very, I guess, engineer-like. Yeah. But we yeah. aren't thinking that way. We're just having that conversation as 12 year olds because we're bored. We don't have the internet. We don't have streaming. We don't have cable. And what do we have? We have some matches and a shed that we broke into. <laughs> and it's like, what can we do? So I imagine if you went to, if you grew up around Idaho or if you had that kind of space and that kind of relaxed lifestyle where you're thinking, hell yeah, you'd be a great engineer because you think about things. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, you know, based on that, it sounds like I bet you would have gotten along with Tom Mueller because, uh, <laughs> he, uh, you know, he, he was always like, I mean, I read the, you know, I mean, there's only, you know, I, I mean, if he had his own memoirs, I would read them, but, um, 
it uh I, I the place where I learned about it was through the Elon Musk biography um, by Ashley Vance. And it talked about like, oh, he was um, you know, taking apart lawnmowers and stuff as a kid. And it's like just that curiosity yeah. um that drives it and like, you know, like yeah, like that, you know, there is something there. Dude, 100%. And I think that's your right to go with that elitist title because also when you go to that, I really do wonder if you go to some place where you feel like you've made it because you got that degree, right? Just Harvard. So you get to Harvard, bam, graduate Harvard. I'm a Harvard graduate, bitch. Okay, well, what have you done? Just yeah, exactly. Just exactly. you graduated Harvard doesn't mean you can actually, if you use my WD-40 example, like, go, all right, make the can explode in three seconds and have the radius of its flame be 13 meters. And like, exactly. I want that exact. I want the can lifted off of the ground three and a half inches. That's what I want. Yeah. Go. And it's like, oh, I'm from Harvard. I wouldn't touch WD-40. And you're like, yep. Yeah. That's the problem. Right. Yeah. There. I think it's, it, it's possible to, it's possible to graduate with a degree. And I think not be prepared to, you know, not, not be a good engineer. Yeah, to contribute, I, for sure, man. No, I, I think um, you're right. I think it's about being around people that could challenge you and make you think about, and, and anything. It doesn't even just have to be engineering. It happened for me yeah. in teaching. You know, like I could have got a teaching degree from somewhere else, but I went to a real small program that we reflected all the time. We recorded ourselves. We analyzed. We debated best practice. And then we tried shit. And we saw what worked and what didn't. And we repeated that for like two years. It was awesome. Yeah. Sometimes, I, you know, sometimes I think I like, I, I, I have entertained the idea of being a teacher. Um, I uh, like Richard Feynman is one of my heroes and I mean, they called him a great explainer, but he was, I mean, he was a great teacher too. I mean, he, you know, he had his, he had, he did, he, you know, he, 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 he didn't just teach, but he also did like, that's a lot of why people love him. I mean, he wrote these great books for, uh, for, for freshmen, the Feynman lectures on physics and just the way that he would inspire them. Um, and just give him like that, you know, you know, an, an introduction to physics that makes you want more. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that is an art and that is something that takes, you know, that, that, that is a big accomplishment, I think. Yeah. I mean, you got plenty of time to figure that all out. I think that's part of the whole educational process is figuring out what will you enjoy doing every day for a while. <laughs> that's going to like fulfill you. I think it sucks when people would ever turn into accountants and they hate their life and then they see it as like a 30 year career. Like that can't be anything more depressing than yeah. you graduate college and you're like, fuck man, this is it. Like that'd be, yeah. dude, I'm super curious. Did any colleges, were there any college rejections that hurt at tons, all? Tons, tons, tons. Really? Yeah. So when you uh, applied, at the time I was so mad. I was like, Dang, these people don't know me. I'm gonna make them. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be so successful, and then we'll see. You know, like that. That was my first thought, honestly. And I was, you know, I mean, it was, it was a little, it was a little childish, but it's like, I mean, it's true. You know, it's like, why would I? Why? Would, I mean, like, there's no reason. I mean, it's okay. They didn't want me. I mean, it's like Michael Jordan. You know, it's like he takes it personally and goes and wins the ring. God. Yeah. Right. No. I, I, sometimes you getting cut is uh, some of the best stuff that can happen to you. It gives yeah, you. Yeah. Fire. Yeah. I mean, it also made. Yeah. I mean. No, I mean, you know, you just, you know, you just get back on and you, you learn from it. So then I what, mean, that's, the only, that's the only way to live to me. What ultimately, um, got you to Northwestern? What, were they the only ones that accepted you? Were there 29 no. rejections and one acceptance? There were quite a, <laughs> there were more rejections and acceptances, uh, when it came down to it. I feel like um, there always are. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't know, honestly, and I probably gave a lot more, I gave so much weight to this, but um, maybe I wasn't even, but, but I was deciding between Northwestern, Vanderbilt, and Carnegie Mellon. I, I actually started as a, so I actually did, uh, and and, and um, I started as a freshman at Carnegie Mellon. I did early decision there. Um, and then I, and then I was like, okay, maybe I should transfer. And, uh, you know, maybe I wanted, I mean, I, I mean, I was probably just banned. Probably. But, uh, yeah. I didn't hear you about the Carnegie Mellon. Actually, I've never heard of Carnegie Mellon. It's a, it's a good engineering school. It's in Pittsburgh. I mean, that, 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 you know, that's what, that's what they say. Good engineering school. And I, and I think, I think it is a good school, I, yeah. but that doesn't, but of course, like, what does that imply? It doesn't imply that it's, you know, a guaranteed success in engineering you gotta work at it you know so what made you i and you had uh just cut out a little bit on that so you started freshman year at carnegie mellon and then decided to transfer or you had called it something i spent my whole freshman year at carnegie mellon and then i then i was like why not why not see if i can take it because you know i guess what i regretted is like i never took my shot at stanford or or i, I mean it was just, it's just so vain like this is like I, you know i'm not even i don't even love talking about it honestly but gotcha it's just like, I mean, you know, just the, you know, the many mistakes I've made in my youth, but, uh, you know, I mean, what matters is what you learn from them, I think. So. Gotcha. That's interesting. I've only been to Pittsburgh once, um, drove through, grabbed lunch there on the way to Ohio. We were actually going to Cleveland and, um, hmm. I, I, I didn't, we didn't, I didn't do a ton of research to it. I know that they closed the main street and it was just like a street festival and you could walk around and it seemed, and this might be six, seven years ago, man, but the buzz was it is the East Coast like tech hub because they're trying to take all the factories and just let tech people, self-driving Uber back then, it was like, it's going to be here in three weeks. And that was, you know, six, seven years ago. No more drivers, cars, just picking you up wherever you want. That's what Pittsburgh yeah. mayor wants. And it seemed like it had this really cool young vibe to it, where it was just a bunch of smart motherfuckers figuring shit out. Um, but yeah, I couldn't imagine. Wrong, I still, uh, I still, I mean, I'm actually planning on seeing my friends from Carnegie graduate. Um, planning on, I was, I was trying to see if I could get like the, you know, like it's streamed live oh, on the okay. internet. So I was like, oh, maybe I can attend and support. But um, I, I mean, I, I still have people I'm in contact with there, and you know, I mean, it was, you know, it helped me grow up. I mean, I was living experience there, but. Uh, but yeah, like as as you were saying, like with Uber, um, yeah, like Uber decided to test their self-driving cars there. And what I always heard is those because of the bridges. There was some. It was like the bridges are like you know, like this uh, big technical technical milestone. Like, can you, um, you know, can you make your autonomous car work on these bridges? And I think oh, really? I don't know what it was. You know, I, I hadn't thought about that either, but yeah, does the car freak out when it's like, there's no fucking road to the right? <laughs> like, it's like, what, what is this? Do I stop? Do I go? Like, to process the surrounding, like, I don't know how wide that camera views to determine road, because I know it's got to have that 360, like, safety thing you're trying to check for all these different objects that could come and the car's trying to anticipate. But yeah, man, like what happens when the car feels like it's a plane because it's suspended in the air, you know? Yeah. Huh. I hadn't thought about that being a milestone, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, one of the things, so I, you know, I, I actually put like a little bit of my, a little bit of my money in Tesla stock. Oh um, yeah. What price did you yeah. get in at? Um, 
well, I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it when it was below 300 in like late 2018. And my dad talked me out of it with this thing called the efficient market hypothesis. Huh. And, uh, which is, which is basically like markets are efficient. The price reflects the true value because all information is out there. And, you know, like the, the market, you know, like the, um, the buyers and sellers will sort of converge to the true, to the true price. But so um, according to that theory, idea, but it's wrong when you go to individual securities. Yeah. Oh no. Well, what I'm wondering is, so according to that theory, felt Tesla was overpriced because the market value did not meet a $300 a share assessment? Um, well, you know, people sometimes, some, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't think, I don't think my, so I was talking to my dad about this. I don't think we ever did a discounted like cash flow model or whatever, you know, whatever they do in uh, finance. Um, but it was more just like, it's, it's futile to invest in individual securities. I think that was the implication of the argument. Uh, like just picking a single company like Amazon or... Bitcoin. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Security. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And uh, I think like, and like, you know, maybe this is true. I, I mean, I mean, I, I, you know, like there's something to it, but it's not, it's not, I don't think it's a good way to value individual securities. I'm also not even a huge investing person. I mean, there's, it was partially just like, I believe in the Tesla mission of, uh, you know, trying to accelerate transition to renewables and, um, yeah, trying to help by climate change. And I just, like, it was almost more of a, like, you know, I, I did it like, like, I really hope this succeeds, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I'm, you know, I'm not like a big, I'm not the kind of person who's like probably ever in a short sell anything. Robin Hood day trader. Stuff. I, I mean, I just, I, I mean, I'm not going to put my money, I'm, I, I'm not going to do all these Wall Street, I'm not, I'm not going to use complex derivatives or not even short selling. Yeah, um, it, it's funny, man. And I don't know a ton, but part of what I'd used COVID to, I got a little, not heavier into day trading, but I believe it might be called swing trading because I'll try to time or buy a stock that I think will have value that is undervalued and could go up. And basically I try to hit 5%. So I, I have a rule I'm looking for a 5% or I'm looking, I bought a ton of shit like on the COVID bounce back. So like I have Carnival Cruise, I have Boeing, I have Delta, and I'm like, I'm waiting for this price to hit so that, you know, you sell it and you make a little bit of a profit. But then I also got into dividends, which I thought was really neat because if you can escape inflation, so if I'm basically, from what I've read, if you can get dividends where your investment earns you more than 3% annually. Right. Um, you're doing 3% pretty, being the inflation rate is here. Yeah, you're doing pretty darn well. And that's the extent I go with stocks. I just look at like past dividend Googling. And it's, it's basically like online banking. I feel like it's a smarter way to gamble. So I have like gambling tendencies. I could easily drop some money on a football game, you know, hit some parlays, bet on whatever, scoring champions or who's going to win a basketball series. But I like the fact that the stock market just seems not as big of a, not always a big gain. Although I did fuck myself out of, it was, um, I got a tip on a penny stock and it exploded right after I got it. It was up, I think I put two grand in it and it was up to eight grand and yeah. i only wanted an extra like 1500 so at 3500 i was like i'm a sell but then i just saw it keep going like every time i refreshed man it was just bouncing and, yeah and now i'm down like a thousand dollars so my two thousands down to one and it happened you know within a day <laughs> yeah it's almost like, like gamestop stock you know it just yeah timing is like, everything I personally, like, I'm not, like, I don't know. I mean, I read, I read Benjamin Graham. I read The Intelligent Investor. Um, 
you know, just like I was, I was, I was, I was, I told my friend, like, I'm thinking about getting some uh, stock. And he's like, well, read this because you know nothing right now. And this is a good primer. I actually appreciated that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was like, you know, I mean, yeah, it was a good primer, but I, but I mean, I think beyond like, I'm like, the goal is not just like for me, it, like, you know, part of what I was betting on is just the people there at Tesla. And I'm not yeah. sure that like, you know, your discounted cash flow model can, can really capture you know the kind of people you have you know they're, they're the kind of people who thrive on adversity uh you know when when they're in the, you know like i mean I, I think that's kind of i mean you know like you can hear Elon musk tell the stories about 2008 i mean but he's the kind of guy who's going to sleep on the factory floor and uh he's going to i mean he's going to work 80 100 hour work weeks he's going to do like whatever is necessary he's going to make it happen and like you know it, it's it's more people to, to me than just um like, like, how do you put that? Like, how do you put a number on that and, you know, put it into a model? Like, I, I, I don't... You can't, because again, it goes to that problem solving, right? Models are based on those metrics. Hey, I have yeah, a degree yeah. from here, but the metric does not associate, like, ambition, right? It's like, like um, it's like, how, it's like, how does this, like, how does all this analysis and all these numbers that you're coming up with, like, how do they apply to the real world? Yes. Dude, and this is what pissed me off. So, um, what... Elon Musk smokes a blunt on Joe Rogan's podcast, stock drops, right? And yeah. I never listened to the podcast. So I go back, it might've been whatever, two years later, I'm listening to the podcast and I'm like, did anyone not fucking hear the way this guy talks and thinks and processes? And yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. you're telling me it's not going to work out? The motherfucker's selling and building flamethrowers for the fuck of it just because he wants to. And he's talking about anti-gravity machines and fucking putting things in your brain. And he's like, no, we can almost make, you know, hovering really won't work, but really it's about drilling, Joe. If you could just drill and control the environment. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, what? He's stupid. He smoked a blunt. His company's gone. It's like, exactly. I don't, I don't, but the CEO who's taken 48 different prescriptions of another company is way better. I don't know, man. So if I would if I would have listened to that podcast with Joe Rogan instead of just read the headline, I'd have put money into Tesla, dude. Because you're right. I, yeah. I think you're right to think that way. It's very smart to be like it's about the people making decisions because they're the ones who are going to add value to the company. Right. Yeah, and it's like, you know, I, yeah. I guess I just believe in the I just believe in the people there. Um, it's also and interesting, I, and, and also like the market of great leaders, they can, I think they can also attract other great people. Hundred um, percent, dude. Because you got to have so, talent. You can't do everything. It's not if you're that big of a company. Right. It's not a one. It's not a one man company. That's. I think that's maybe. Well, maybe I don't know if that's what the, if that's what people thought about Tesla, but no, they attract great engineers. They attract. You know, they attract lots of great people who are going to build that company. And and you know, I mean, if someone shorts them, they're gonna you know, I mean, they're, they're not gonna freak out about it. They're just gonna keep working. Yeah. So what is it? The ideals? And I guess it goes back to that because I'm not, I don't believe I would ever apply for a job at Tesla unless they had like a daycare and they needed someone to like watch all the smart people's kids. But like, what is it that's so, what's that? That honestly might exist. Or I mean, well, Oh dude, I bet you it does exist. That'd be fucking genius, dude. Like why wouldn't you want smart people to get basically free daycare for their kids to come to work where they could check on them wherever they want. And yeah. they have like accredited people, preschool teaching them or whatever, you know, like, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, I don't know. I think, I think that if that was a problem for Tesla employees, they would make sure that there is either like, you know, even if it's not Tesla directly, so the daycare that there is a good solution. 
Yeah. Because I think that's part of just attracting great people. Like, but that's what I was wondering. So what, aside from the ideals, is it just straight pay? Is it freedom to explore? Is it work environment? What would make an attractive position for you to apply to? Um, so like, I get, I get to think about engineering and it'd be, you know, like that, that'll be a lot of fun solving problems, but also just making it, just feeling like it matters. Like, um, like, uh, you know, I'm helping to accelerate transition to renewables or, you know, just a comp like the mission statement really does get me. Um, really? Do you yeah. know Tesla's mission statement offhand? I've never. Uh, I think it's to, tra uh, to accelerate the transition to renewables and mitigate the effects of climate change, or something along that. That, that, that. That's not. That's not an exact quote, but that's. Yeah, yeah. I think essentially what it says. Okay. Huh. Dude, it's so interesting, and I thought about this with the stocks too. Um, like when you had brought up that you like believed in their cause and thought about buying Tesla stock just to like support it. Like I've I've bought stocks. And I, it, I'm such a fucking capitalist, man. Like Boeing has like five planes drop out of the air. Their stocks go down and I'm like, ah, I feel they're going to rebound. I'm not like trying to support them in their efforts to heighten their security or efficiency of their whatever 747 jet engine. I'm basically just playing the numbers and I'm trying to take all emotion out of it. And it's very interesting to me to hear um, someone like you actually – put value in the purpose of the company versus more so than the potential of its profits. Right. That's what I'm someone who's like, 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 um, I think when I was in high school, I was like, basically like wannabe Nate Silver, you know, like, uh, oh, you isn't know, that the, you know, it's, what, what's the 538. Yeah. I was going to say 747. That's just cause I did the bone. Yeah. He, um, what was his claim to fame? He accurately predicted the election yeah. for, so, so the New York times, he worked at the New York times in 28, 2008 and 2012. And, uh, you know, out of the hundred States up for grabs, he accurately predicted like 99 or something. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, then, then, then there was 2016, but uh, yeah, but then, then, I, but then he'd already gone to 538. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I like that was like how I was like, dang, I could really understand the world through through just math alone. Like that's probably the conviction I had in high school, and I was using like um, I was I was running like statistical models on like anything I could. I, I had this project where I was trying to um, trying to uh, I, I was trying to so the, the, like I was inspired by the twenty sixteen Rio Olympics, and I was like huh. um, like can you predict medal counts based on um, like lots of different um measures of sort of numerical measures of what's going on in the country um so i was looking at you know i was looking at tons of stuff i was looking at stuff from like gdp to like so there's an economic index called global peace index um and it's like how peaceful is this country that's one thing i was looking at and i i, I spent like a year i was probably at least a couple of years on this and like i actually got kind of far like one of the more like the most interesting thing i discovered um and, and i was looking at other literature too there's um there's a professor at Dartmouth who I think did this originally, um, Andrew Bernard. He's actually the guy who the office, the office character is named after. Okay, I was that uh, I was like, and the Nard dog did it what? Is, it is, it is the. <laughs> but I was like, I the, thought he went to Cornell. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. I, well, it's funny, you know. There's a Cornell Dartmouth. Well, I think they get right now. Yeah, right. But uh, but anyway, this guy had done it basically in like I think the. You know, I think the paper came out around like 2000, and he predicted um, 
been trying to predict. I can't remember the, I can't remember the years. I think it was like I think the 2000 Olympics, Salt Lake City Olympics. I think. Uh, well, that, that was a Winter Olympics. I, I I don't remember exactly, but um, you know, he tried to do it. And one thing, one of the more interesting things he found is that like um, like uh, countries that were used to be a part of the old Soviet Union actually performed better than you would otherwise expect them to do based on all the other numbers. So, and, and like, there's, there's actually like a good real world historical explanation for that, which is that, you know, the USSR, I mean, I, I think, I think that for a time, the Olympics was seen as another front of the Cold War. Um, oh, yeah. And you have them, you, they, they put a ton of money into those programs because they wanted to. You know, genetically modifying people. If anything, what was that? Rocky Five taught us that. I was, I was about to say, yeah, I was thinking, I think it's Rocky Four where he fights Drago. Okay. But yeah, I was thinking that too, man. Um, like they, they they put a lot of money into it and and uh, I think I mean I don't know I am actually I haven't actually looked at how much money the U.S. spent but you know uh, um, you know I, like it, I think it I think it was seen at least by some as uh, as another frontier of the Cold War you got the space race you got the arms race and then you got the you know steroid race yeah right yeah the, um doping for the uh, cycling and the Russian um right what was that Inviticus. I think it's, I don't know if that's how you say it. It was the documentary on Netflix. Had you come across that? I had not seen that one. Oh, but. dude, you might. Now, I don't know. It, it got kind of heavy for me because the guy who, the Russian who starts giving up Russia's doping secrecy of how they pass their um, tests, mm-hmm. I, it wasn't specific enough. There wasn't enough of an explanation. I never understood why he knew everything he did and why he was being so open on camera about it. Did they have like his name or was he anonymous? No, no, it's dude. Yeah, it's him. So here's how it starts. This guy starts this documentary and he wants to see if he dopes, if he can become a professional cycler. He's like a weekend warrior and he's basically peaked. And he's like, if someone can help me with my blood and help me inject the right amount of whatever drugs are, I guess, illegal or right on the border and then can help me pass the tests, I want to see what that does to my performance. So he finds this Russian guy who's in charge of doping and all of a sudden he starts just spilling all these secrets about how he's getting all these Olympians to pass drug tests. Mm-hmm. And then like it ends where the dude's like seeking asylum and he's worried about his wife because he left his wife in Russia and he's in America and he feels like he's going to be like have a hit come on him. And like they they even show this like shady scene where people are knocking on the door and then they run to this alley and it was like they almost got killed by hitmen. But I'm like, it feels so set up. It, it just, it didn't, the ending didn't give me the specifics I wanted to know why this guy all of a sudden yeah. just gives that life away because he's kind of hanging out with this biking dork that's making a documentary. Like what, why, why is he giving up the life for that? It didn't make sense to me. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Sometimes he's, I mean, I've, I've seen documentaries like that. Sometimes like, you know, they really get, they get you to wonder, which is good, but. Like they're not, they're not there to give you all the facts, which is a little, I don't know. I mean, I, think, I mean, they turn more dramatic. Like, like if you really wanted. Yeah. Huh? They turn, they just turn more like entertainment wise and dramatic at some point versus yeah, exactly, informational. Exactly. You know, they just try to keep the view going. Yeah. I can't believe um, you ran fucking statistical models in high school trying to predict gold or predict metals based on G you said GDP and peacetime. What? Uh, global peace index. What the fuck, dude? How old are uh, yeah, you? Yeah, no one invited me to parties. That's why. That's, that's <laughs> so that's what I did. 
<laughs> Global Peace Index. And part of the appeal is you just really wanted to be right. Like you just really enjoyed the thought of I figured this out and I knew before someone else. I think there's, I think there's sort of like sort of like a certain satisfaction in discovering something new or doing something valuable. But it's like you know, it's like okay, I mean they're not. I mean, you know, I mean it's like you know, I mean I, you know, there's lots of people who are doing their own things in high school. You know, like that. You know, they like people achieving great things in athletics. People achieve, you know, people doing really well in the PSAT. Right. Which, uh, but um, you know, like I mean, I don't know. I guess that was like that. I guess I guess looking back on it, I feel like that's one of the more I mean, I guess I, I mean, I do feel a certain pride about it still. Like, so how but, good was your model? How accurate on the result? Oh, I got the, I could get the R squared pretty high, but, um, you're going to have to explain R squared to me, my friend. <laughs> so, uh, it's like the difference. So it comes from the residuals, which is like the difference between what you predict and what it is. Okay. They call the difference, whether it's, you know, positive or negative difference, they call that the residual. And the R squared is calculated as a function of the residuals. It's just so you don't have like, um, so, so you have so you, you have positive and negative differences. And if you just added them all together, together, you know, then like for example, let's let, let's say like you know you picked one thing, twenty more medals, one thing, twenty less medals. You add that all together, you 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 have a residual of zero. You might think, oh, that's a great model, a perfect model. But so, but the reason they square it is to sort of get like that absolute value. Okay. That's one reason why. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it basically, it just measures how, how good the model is and want to get it as close to one as possible. So like mine, mine, like I could get it like 0 0.99, 0 0.97, but, um, it didn't know, you know, I, I mean, that didn't necessarily mean it was the best model because you could also have like things that like variables that are correlated with each other. And, um, yeah, I, I haven't done like this kind of modeling in a while, but uh, yeah, you can get things that correlate with each other, and I believe that affects the R squared. Um, yeah, well, I actually made one new. I made one new new discovery oh, yeah. um, that I was actually pretty proud of. So it wasn't. It wasn't just. So I found out it wasn't just the Soviet Union, the former pl places in the Soviet Union that were doing better. I also found it was former British colonies. Really? Um, yeah. And I actually found like a positive, I mean, I got my model to say, oh, there's a positive correlation between the number of years you spent as part of the British empire and uh, how many more medals you would predict than what would otherwise be expected. Dude. So, and I, there's a guy who has these models, um, Haralabob, Haralabob, Haralabob. And he, he was a, a pretty famous gambler, but he now works for the uh, Dallas Mavericks NBA basketball team. And he's no, he's not allowed to gamble, but they hired him because he just fucking made these models and was able to blindly bet on games because of his ability to accurately predict outcomes. Yeah. It's like, even if you're not, you know, you don't, you don't need a bookie to bet. Like, like, I mean, he's, he's working for the Mavericks, right? Like his job is, no, no, but before he did, like before that's what he did. He, yeah, I know, he, I know. yeah, he would just put it in and all of a sudden it's like the motherfucker became a millionaire and the Mavericks were like, well, if you got enough predictive modeling to become a millionaire, you're going to, we're going to be pretty confident in your ability when we have a free agent to know how this guy is going to perform. 
Yeah, I used to think like best case scenario. <laughs> like I used to think I was gonna be like, you ever seen Moneyball? Yeah, exactly. I used to think I was gonna be like Jonah Hill's character in Moneyball. That's like exactly. I just need like I just need like Brad Pitt to point at me and just say something. Speak. He's <laughs> like I'm gonna point at him because he gets on base. I used to think that was my outcome. Yeah, but it's I, dude, that's interesting. And did you try, or or do you have any ambition to like have a gambling or a sports role like that? Not really. I think I'm more focused on like engineering and uh, carbon capture right now. Gotcha. But, but yeah, Dude. I became less of a sports guy. Uh, you know, I think, yeah, I became less of a sports guy as I grew up more. Only so more much science, room. rocket, like rockets and NASA, all that. Yeah. Have you built a rocket? Um, when I was really young, I mean, I'm actually technically part of the rocketry club, but um, when I was younger, I would there, you know, I would do like, you know, like the products. I mean, you're still using Newton's third law fundamentally, which is, you know, like uh, when you are, when you eject stuff really fast at the ground, there's the opposite reaction of it bringing your rocket up really fast, to put it simply. Um, and like, like I, 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 would, I would do stuff like that, like baking soda and vinegar, but I didn't get like, I didn't do, I didn't get like um, a ton of advanced rocketry competitions. I didn't get that far. Gotcha. But yeah. Did you say so you're I, technically? I feel like I have to specialize. I, I want to go back for a second. You said you're technically still part of what? I'm, I think I'm, I'm part of the um, Aero Astro Club at Northwestern. Okay. And yeah. what do you build in there? No, I actually am not that active of a member. We talked a little bit about like some material stuff. Um, we talked about like there's someone at Northwestern, uh, Charlie Cuman, who went to work for uh, basically. I mean, he worked for SpaceX and Tesla as their materials lead. And we were talking like I would talk in the group chat. Like you know, there's a few other people who were talking to me about like certain techniques that they were using in like materials modeling, like um, density functional theory is one. And I know that sounds like that sounds like a bunch of jargon, and it kind of is. But um, you know, there's that, there's that, and then there's like something called CalFAD, and like other, like other computational material science techniques. Like we, I would talk about those with the members, but um, especially recently, I'm not had you know with, with everything not being in person, haven't really been a very active member. I mean, I, I mean, not in the sense. I mean, I, I, I actually I even attended some of their uh, meetings. It's just that we, I haven't been able to build stuff, help build stuff. Gotcha. Because labs are shut down. I know you're not on campus now, but is that the yeah. only reason? Well, I actually, yeah. I mean, because, I mean, just recently we're starting in campus, uh, on campus classes again, but we're not even fully, like not even fully, it's still like largely online. So um, clubs and activities, I think we're not allowed to meet in person for a while. Gotcha. And then being in the club, does that just get you access to things like uranium? Where um, <laughs> I'm glad you smiled. I was hoping that that would be somewhat of a joke, or maybe it was so yeah. stupid. <laughs> um, you know, is that like one of the perks that like the club gets some sort of like budget where they get to buy these extra materials, or are, are you just buying stuff yourself and coming together? And it's more like the exchange of ideas. Probably more the latter. I mean, especially recently, I was talking. I was actually just talking with a friend earlier today about uranium versus thorium. Um, you lost me on the second one. So thorium is like, um, it's another element. Um, and it's also radioactive. I, I, mean, I can't even remember where it is in the periodic table, but I've, I've heard people talk about thorium reactors. Um, okay. 
Yeah, I think it's pretty close to uranium. Um, but but uh, but yeah, they talk about thorium reactors as an alternative to uranium reactors for you know energy. And Future nuclear energy might not be uranium. Yeah, but like, so, so what would the benefit of thorium be? More stable? Because don't you want it to be hella unstable to react? <laughs> I guess it's kind of like a very very controlled instability. Um, predictable. But it's, yeah, a but predictable. it's a good question. I mean, I'm not, it's a good question. Yeah, well, dude, it's probably more of a predictable instability. Like, imagine if we could predict every hurricane and then figure out a way to get mobile windmills to grab energy right like you look at any kind of hurricane forecast they got 48 models and 38 lines remember that like trump meme where he was like holding up the hurricane coming and he's like it's gonna go here and he predicts it and it's like do we got scientists don't even know where this fucking thing is going so like if we can't predict hurricanes and that's wind I'd imagine it'd be awesome to be able to like accurately predict nuclear reactions to get that much energy to power yeah. shit. You know, I that'd think be a big reactions deal. are a little easier because in some ways they're simpler, like less variables, huh? Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, and you have like more of the data you can, you know, you, you can run it. You, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I haven't dabbled that much in atmospheriology. I haven't done much. I, I but, but but sort of my suspicion is that we don't have enough data to predict the path of the hurricane. Yeah, I um, I, I don't know. I just yeah. like shitting on them, even though they are really smart. Because like they get to talk in whatever the meteorologists when they get like their minute and a half where they get to explain things, you can tell they've studied and they know. And I bet it just eats them up when their shit is wrong. You know, it just it would crush them. Yeah. Thorium and uranium. I had no idea. I had no idea. I would hear the word thorium. Today. I'm gonna make that the word of the pod. That's a new word for me. Wow. <laughs> it's so simple. It's so cool. simple. I don't even know if I spelled it right when I wrote it down. Um I think I, it's T H O R M U M, I think. But 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 but, but I, I know so little about the element. Okay? That's what I went with as well, my friend. Phonetically, okay. thorium is now my new favorite element. Probably because it's so there was a Marvel basketball on tonight. New Orleans was playing on Golden State. And ESPN is basically trying to mar merge the Marvel world. And um, they're biting off of the NFL because the NFL had like a Nickelodeon splat game. Yeah. Where, okay, right? So they're trying to get younger viewers. It's pretty pretty obvious what they're doing to older people. But anyway, so the thorium, the reason I think I'm gravitating towards it is because I'm thinking of Thor, even though they left him out of the Marvel Universe characters yeah. for tonight. Well, ESPN is owned by Disney, isn't it? And exactly. Which is, which is also Marvel's owned by. Exactly. So it, it just seems like this huge synergetic thing that this guy had an idea at a meeting. You know, like one of those COVID Zooms. He just threw it out there. And they were like, yep, that's what we could do on TV. <laughs> yeah. He got the corner off. Disney, Disney is actually like, I don't know. They're, 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 they've got like, I don't know. Disney has a dark side. for <laughs> sure. Like, well, like when it comes to like what they do with like intellectual property, there's but anyway, I don't need to get into that. But I, I'd like to. I will, as much as you know. I, what do you, what do you mean by dark side for intellectual property? And don't uh, say think, anything I to get yourself some, killed. I'm just kidding. I think they had some lobbyists, and they got, um, they lobbied. I think some congressmen to extend like uh, public domain laws, if I remember right. Um, I don't know why that matters. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> It's, uh, I think, uh, 
I don't know. I mean, I mean, if you asked an artist, I'm sure they'd feel more uh, strongly about it. But uh, yeah, like like uh, nor- normally, like after, I think there's like you know after a certain number of years, you know, all your patents expire, and oh. anyone can just uh, you know use this or in some ways. And I'm on, you know, this isn't this is definitely pretty far from my area of expertise, but. That would make um, sense, though. I'm thinking of pharmacies. So pharmaceutical companies, whatever, you make Viagra, you got 10 years to profit. No one else can replicate that. And you get pissed off when China steals your intellectual properties. You go to Cancun and you can get the same pill and it's fucking 12 pesos. But then the reason the pharmaceutical companies jack up the price so high early on is because they know after 10 years, it's generic. And now everybody can get Viagra and call it all these things. I think that sounds like a good analogy, yeah. Yeah, it's sad that I have to analogize Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck with Viagra, but yeah. Well, it's not not the worst way to understand it, but um, (laughs) I mean, it's like, I don't know, to be honest with you, I probably, I'm going to focus more on like carbon capture than, you know, all this legal stuff. (laughs) Zero desire to be a lawyer. (sighs) Something like that, yeah. Um, I'm a little curious because I haven't spoken to someone college-wise who has affected COVIDly, and I'm just wondering, man, what that was like for you transitioning. Um, not to put it in the same category as 9/11 again with the ideals. Like I remember where I was at 9/11. I've actually getting back into the pods. It came up randomly in two other pods where people were telling their stories. Like it's just stark in their mind. And I wonder with the cancellation, was it very traumatic for you shut down? What is it like something that will change your life forever? Or were you just kind of rolling with it? You're like, ah, cool. I got a couple months off. I mean, I try, you know, like there's a lot of chaos going on and I try not to be absorbed by it. I try to stay focused and try to just keep doing, you know, keep doing useful things. Um, yeah, I mean, I was just thinking like recently, like, like trying to be like, kind of like a, I was thinking about signal processing and like, you know, this is, this is going to sound weird at first, but I think it's a good analogy, like a closed feedback loop. Okay. Um, like, you know, you can just kind of, you know, I, I think a lot about like signal noise and I, I think a decent amount about like signal processing and it's kind of like that, you know, like there's a lot of chaos and noise and, you know, crazy, crazy stuff going on. And it's like, just trying to, you know, keep my uh, bearings straight. Keep, yeah, keep being productive. By coming up with little projects for the CO2. Yeah, that's one way to do it. I mean, you know, yeah, like, like I, I, mean, I can learn physics and I can maybe even solve, like maybe even contribute to an actual problem at the same time. And it's like, wow, like, you know, I mean, I'm just trying to be useful. Gotcha. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. How did the COVID semester, so one thing that's a little debatable, um, at least here in Delaware, the governor came out and said, uh, no child will be penalized. I don't know if penalized is the exact word. In essence, it was like, ain't no kid going to fail because of COVID. So like, no matter your grades. And we, I think he said that with maybe a month to a month and a half left in the school year. Yeah. So like you, whatever, dude, you're an eighth grader and the governor comes out and says, no matter what happens, you're going to get promoted. Virtual attendance and engagement dropped (laughs) like non-existent. Couldn't get kids to turn in, to do, to show up, to ask questions. 
I'm yeah. curious, like how that went for you in college. Were you like just granted A's? Did, did, did you feel school became easier, that it became harder? They tried to keep their expectations with almost less in-person support? Um, hmm. I was definitely not granted A's. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think it's, you know, it's a nice sentiment, it's a nice idea to make sure that no child can fail, but is it really in their power? That's sort of what I think. Um, yeah, dude, it screwed to me because I'm like, I really feel we fucking went above and beyond for a kid to show up on a Zoom. Now, if you can prove to me that you don't have internet at your house, got you. Apply for the waiver. No problem. But I'm not starting from no one will fail. I'm starting from the ex me. I'm starting from the expectation of show up and do your work. And I feel that's the majority. And then I'll handle the individual cases one by one. Like that's where my mind went, but I don't know why. That's my philosophy. I just feel like that's the way to keep expectations high. You know, I like. I think. I think where I would like. You know, where would I fall in this situation? I guess I don't know. I'd be thinking about like, have you heard of Starlink? Uh, you know, the, the SpaceX is launching satellites to expand internet access to rural areas. Yeah. Bezos is suing Musk for that. It's a fucking like fifteen billion dollar contract. It's a genius well, Google, idea. Google, last I last I checked, Google and Facebook are doing the same thing. I don't. I, how can he sue? Oh, I I I I think I, I are you sure he's not? I think I saw that he was suing. Um, he was upset because uh, like the NASA contract to go to the moon that um, you know like SpaceX got like the NASA Artemis contract, and I think he was upset that he was saying like oh they're playing favorites or something. I dude, I, I thought it was. Bezos is basically saying when Musk, you put your satellites up there, they're not reliable. Shit happens and you don't clean it up. And it's a bunch of uh, space debris that's unfair. And you're granted this area. So I believe when you get the contract, it's like America says, hey man, 25,000 miles up in the air, we got this radius of 50 miles. That's yours, Musk, and you get to put satellites there, and you get that orbit. You're the priority. Where now other satellites have to vary based around you. You are the predictable. You don't vary. You don't move for them. If you're playing chicken, you get to win. And, I see. Um, I, so, I hadn't thought about that. Yes. Yeah. So I thought when I was reading, that was one of the articles I actually read. And I didn't just read the headline. So hopefully I'm remembering it right. But that was in crux his um, argument. I believe also. I don't know if it's Bezos, it's whatever his company, but part of it too were the Musk satellites. They were talking about they're like almost like Uber with a self-driving cars, where their sensors didn't activate in time to deploy evasive maneuvers so that they could avoid collisions. That's interesting. And Musk was basically betting on I'm just going to throw so much shit up there that there's an acceptable loss. <laughs> like I can have 20 satellites blow up and. You can still get 5G. <laughs> it's not going to affect you. And I'm like, it, it's something to be said for that. But it's an interesting argument that like, how come he gets that space? And we, he's granted that. And that's like pretty unfair. I don't know what the actual suit is, but I do believe that was part of it. That's not a bad question to ask at all. I hadn't thought about that. Um, yeah, why I guess, are we even I mean, talking I don't, about like, that? Does, does Blue Origin have an alternative that works better? Blue Origin being Bezos' space company. Do I? Like, I don't know who's proven it more, right? Yeah. Like when we say work better, are, are there two kids in an African 
Savannah with iPhones that are now being able to game. Well, <laughs> right? You, you, like, need, you, need, you, need, you need pretty little. I mean, I don't know. I think, I, I think that would be, I think Elon Musk would take a lot of satisfaction if that were true. Yeah, right. Um, but, uh, yeah, or, I mean, you know, I mean, this is interesting. I, I also, I, I mean, I like, it's interesting. I really haven't thought about this. And I'm like, I, you know, I don't want to say something stupid because I haven't thought about this. Oh, dude, I love saying stupid shit. That's the whole point of thinking. This is what I tell kids all the time. Like, and it, it sucks that this gets um, recorded, but it, it's something I, I kind of don't care too much about is it's part of why I like having the long form conversation because yeah, so much now people feel like, oh my God, if I say something or feel a certain way, that's it. It's concrete. It's, it's static. It's not dynamic. And I'm like, no, man, like it's okay to think through things, to have an opinion. Then all of a sudden that someone comes and challenges your opinion. And if you're okay with being challenged, then you get deeper understanding. Right. It's so, like everybody starts out wrong about wrong about something they don't know about. I, yeah, a hundred percent. Right. So that's where I kind of like to have these like stream of conscious thoughts. If you're just going to like, whatever, sit around and shoot the shit. Um, I don't know yeah, what yeah. you're drinking. Me, it's red wine and it's <laughs> I'm drinking oolong tea. Goolong tea. Oolong tea. Uh, oolong tea. Yeah, it's this far eastern tea. Gotcha. It, um, tell me, there's something like funky and special about it, like it's got CBD in it or something like that. <laughs> uh, I think some people say it increases metabolism. I don't know. Okay. Um. Yeah. Sorry, I diverged. But it's got CH three. <laughs> it's, it's got the CH three. Yeah, it's got the yeah. But no, man, I, I I do worry about people, and I I don't know if you'd be like this if we weren't recording a podcast, right? But. It, I do worry about people in public spaces being scared to kind of just think aloud or even just be oppositional for the sake of making someone dive deeper into their thought and have more right. resolve in it. Like I can fight sure. with your I, I can just be a devil's advocate, not because I believe it, but because I want to see your yeah, understanding see, see, of can it. Can you explain it? Like, can, you know, it, like, I, I mean, as a teacher, I can see why you would do that, especially right. you know, people understand. So, so let me, so let me try to come up with something on this satellite. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess like what I would think is like, how can you measure how, how well they work um, from an engineering perspective? What's the metric? Like that would be the question I would ask. And yeah. What would you, what would you base the metric on? Like availability? I Cause I, I always think of, I've always had internet explained to me like water in a garden hose and you can only have so much water in a garden hose and that's why they slow data down. And the whole idea is to keep making the circumference or would it be diameter of the hose bigger so that more water can flow out, which would be the internet. Um, so is it available signal? Is it signal strength? Is it like if you had a graph of, of um, latency over time, maybe that would be, like, like how latent is the signal over time? And if there's like a sudden big, you know, like sudden big interval where the latency goes like way, way up, um, then uh, I think that would be a bad sign if there's a lot of those. I guess like that would be the graph I'd want to see just intuitively. And then, and then also, but, but also like that's going to be different for every point on the surface of the earth. Yeah, see, that's where I get lost, man. Because like I, I think of it as simple as like satellite TV. 
And fucking Dish has figured out how to get me 85 channels at the click of a button. Right. But you're telling me I can't tweet somewhere if we had an internet satellite up in the air? I don't understand the difference between the signal. Well, I think it depends on... So like Dish may have satellites that are placed in orbit in a way that targets your area. Like they're trying, like, um, you know, like, especially if you live in a dense area where there's a lot of people, they're going to like, okay, well, I'm going to make sure, you know, I, we cover whatever this city is reliably. Right. Um, and I think the rural areas where there's less population density are less targeted. Cause there's no less- payoff. You don't get what? the subscribe. You don't get the subscribers. Um, in rural areas. Yeah, well, that, I, that's why they wouldn't have that signal oh, yeah, there. Exactly. They wouldn't have yeah, it yeah. because there's no profit to it. Nobody's right. buying you, or consuming. Right. You, you you can cover the same number of people. You can cover more people in an urban area if with um you know with one satellite if you target the urban area. The same with, with the same amount of raw material for the same price, you can cover more people. So I guess that's probably the business decision. Yeah, but yeah, I feel like with that ability though, that ability should be so easily transferred to any area. We already know how to get something floating around, sending a signal down. We know how to receive the signal. We know how to translate that signal through a box. We know how people know how to operate that signal. When something goes wrong with that signal, we have contact and they have means of correcting it. So why is this complicated? Right, like that, that would be my thing. I'm like, I don't know, why is this $15 billion question? Why is this complicated? Oh. Put, I guess I guess there's probably a pretty big first mover advantage here from a business point because it's like whoever launches the satellites first, well, now now let's say the second person wants to launch a satellite that also covers this area. But oh wait, you gotta look out for the orbit of this satellite that the first guy launched. Yeah, the So priority. it's like, you know, like I it's it's like it's like the first person to do it has has that advantage, provided it works. Um I and I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he's gonna win that court case. It probably depends on how well the satellite works. I mean but yeah. Yeah, you know what? And now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if it's exactly a court case. Um, like Bezos or Musk give a fuck what I'm saying. But like it might have just been him complaining <laughs> about the unfairness. I don't know if he actually tried to make some sort of an injunction or try to get I think like a second. Well, I, I think he did on the NASA Artemis thing. Um, I don't know. I haven't, you know, I hadn't heard about the satellite thing until you brought it up. But this is interesting, I guess. I mean, at least, at least from an engineering perspective, like it's interesting to me. Um, like, like the right away. Like, I'm not. I'm sorry. No, I'm just like the right away of satellites. Is that what's yeah. interesting of it? Yeah, that's, that's a good way of putting it. Right away. Yeah. I'd, hmm. So, what would your dream job be at Tesla? I don't know, honestly. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what I want. You know, like what, like where, where I can be most useful. Um. And more and more, I think it's at SpaceX, not at Tesla, or maybe even, maybe at a place like Neuralink. I, I mean, I guess like one one thing I've always had a question about is like security protocols when you're making brain machine interfaces. Um, like that's been a standing question for a while. But I, I, I mean, I, but I mean, I could also be starting my own company. I'm still I'm just trying to figure out how to be very useful. Um, oh no way! Start your own company. Yeah, if I if I had a really good, I mean, well, honestly, this carbon capture thing—if I win 100 million for the X Prize or a fraction of that—like that's going to go towards making a carbon capture company, no doubt. Yeah, you think you'd put a little bit into into the company of your 100 million? You'd be able to spare a little bit, kick it off. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's the private island, and then there's the. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I think I'd put a lot of it into the um, 
into the company. I mean, I tried, I'd make sure, you know, I was like, I moved out of my parents' house. <laughs> I don't, I, but that's not going to take a hundred million. <laughs> so. <laughs> would you move out or would you just buy your parents out? Like you would like strong arm them, maybe get a couple like muscle guys. And you're like, Hey that's mom and strong. dad, here's your condo. Go enjoy right. it. <laughs> that's like not going to strong arm. Well, I can't even legally do that. <laughs> like, I mean, unless I'm, unless, unless someone like what I'm, I'm going to invoke eminent domain. That's what dude, hundred million dollars get you a lot of lawyer. Figure it out. <laughs> I'm, I am thankful it doesn't work that way. <laughs> Could you imagine what a terrible person you would be if that's how you treated your parents? You're like, yeah. I got all this money. And you, think, you think a politician would do that? Like they would knock down their parents' house to build a bypass? Wow. If they own the land surrounding it? Like, 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 yes. like, 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 like no, they're, yes. they're just like, okay. You know, like, you know, the aides are like, okay, we find the perfect place to build this bypass. It's going to decrease traffic by this large amount. And then it just happens to be his parents' house. So no in that scenario, because the motivation is to help society. Yes, in that scenario, if the politician owns the surrounding farmland that now gets bought at five times what they paid for it, because they bought it knowing that that is most likely going to be the route of an expressway. That's true. Like, how many people does this land employ? No, dude, I'm just talking about, like, they literally own it. Like, that's what I think of politicians. Well, they, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I'm maybe not, I mean, I don't have, like, a, you know, I haven't thought through every political situation, but I guess, generally speaking, I'm yeah. not a huge fan of eminent domain. Oh, dude, eminent domain, domain screws with me. I had a friend who um, lost whatever. It was like 50 feet of his front yard because they wanted to add a shoulder for beach traffic and wow. had zero say, not only on, yeah, I'm cool with it, but also the price. They just had a formula. They were like, hey, man, we're going to take whatever, 40,000 square feet of your yard. Um, here's a check for 10 grand. Enjoy. Oh, it's like, well, at least you paid them. But I, but, 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 I, but I mean, like, did well, he get to negotiate like ten grand? No, dude, you, you, there is no negotiation. This is the set price. This is what we determine your market value to be, and we all know market value. We're seeing it right now with the housing market. It, it's not. It, there's no formula. It's what someone is willing to pay, and it only takes one person to determine a market value. So the government coming in and being like, "Hey, man, here are five comps. We're going to give you this," doesn't mean that's what you would have got for it on the open market. Yeah, I'm, yeah, that's true. You don't have market forces that are acting on. It's like it's like almost like a monopsony structure where you have like one thing, and the customer is the government. Like sort there's like one customer. Yeah, and the customer gets to be like, this is the price, and the customer has a bunch of guns and badges behind it and bulldozers. If if you want to say no and play hardball. Yeah, well, it's like, well, I guess the difference is is like who is really, like, is the firm the price? setter or is the customer the price setter and if it's the government who has you know like you know like who's who's, who's really setting the price I, I guess my i suspect it's the government but yeah no it they're they have a formula man they do yeah i guess i'm not like i don't know i'm not the biggest fan of that i mean like uh i don't know i mean i know this is a tangent but i i mean I love tangents, yeah, man. Don't feel bad. I love tangents. I love exploring so this is a tangent ideas. out of politics and into the uh, craziness of life. 
Sure. Uh, and I, I was thinking about the first chapter of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, there, there's this, there's, it's about like, this guy gets like, yeah, I mean, Douglas Adams satirizes eminent domain. But it, I, I mean, but it's part of like this broader book that's just so great. Like the first chapter, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I would, I would like describe it, but I don't want to like ruin it. You're not gonna ruin it. It's fine. Man. It's the first chapter. You don't need to give like a spoiler, um, spoiler alert for the first chapter. All right. Well, they invoke eminent domain, and then he finds out that the world is about to end. Um, it's like I don't know. Maybe that's how I feel about. Well, I don't know. It's like I. It's like you know. If it, I mean. Depending on where you live, maybe in ten years that land will be flooded anyway. God, because of a rising coastal, rising sea level. So then your timing's good to have eminent domain take over your land. Yeah, I mean, I guess the thing is, is that like, like, what is in my control? And like, you know, I, I, I can't. I mean, I don't think I don't know what to, I don't know what I can do about eminent domain, but you know, I mean, like, I mean, my skill set, like, maybe I can do something with carbon capture. Oh, uh, okay. At least by his time. I guess that, yeah, that, that that's what I was thinking. Yeah. You're, you, yeah, dude, it's, again, I've known you for about maybe almost two hours at this point. Like, your mind just steady tries to solve the problem. Like, what is the best answer kind of a thing, huh? Yeah, I try to really sit down and focus. Um, yeah. Where are you at on the vaccine as a younger kid going to college? Um... So I haven't read a lot of studies. I mean, I uh, I think it's okay to read studies and to ask, like, okay, is this you know is this as effective as it says it is? I mean, that's kind of what we're going for, right? Like scientific literacy, um, which doesn't mean like I don't know. To me, it's not necessarily just taking some authority's word for it. I think Einstein said, "Unthinking respect for authority is the greatest enemy to truth." It's like, uh, but but not everybody wants to read, or not everybody wants to read the studies. That's the thing. So. Um, but yeah, I think the studies are pretty, I mean, from what I've heard and I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't, I haven't sat down and looked at the, at the individual studies, but I mean, my suspicion is that, the, that they're pretty unequivocal that the vaccine, that vaccines are generally effective, including against, I mean, I, I even saw one study, which I didn't, I know I didn't have a lot, of, I didn't look at this rigorously, but even effective against like the variant in Brazil. Um, so that, I guess they are effective and, you know, like there are, there are issues with allergies, I think. So for those few people who may have you know, an allergy, it's worth at least stopping to think, um, like, is this, you know, like, is this the right decision for me personally? And I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's wrong in any way for them to think about that. Um, but, uh, like that's sort of, that's sort of my understanding. Um, yeah. Would you, if the college said you can come back, but you have to be vaccinated, would you get the vaccine? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, mean, I, I know why not. Gotcha. I mean, I, dude, personally, I got it. I wasn't going to get it. Um, I'm a teacher. Um, 39. I, I jog, work out. I feel like I'm in pretty decent health. I eat well, drink a little too much. Drink. I shouldn't, I sh maybe should stop saying drink a little too much. Probably drink too much. Um, but that was like my only negative on like the COVID, no pre existent health conditions. Um, so I'm like, you know what, man? I'm just not going to get the vaccine. I, I don't enjoy getting shots. I don't like the fact that it was fast-tracked. I don't like the fact that they're talking about long-term effects for a fucking virus that's been around for a year that we've taken seriously, even though it's COVID-19. Um, 
which means like whatever, 18, 17, 16, 15. But like, I don't know. We're targeting this one. We're saying long-term effects. You've been studying this for three months, six months, nine months now. How do you know that my t I, I lose sensation of taste for a blank amount of years afterwards, right? Like you don't know. Time has been limited. But then at the same time, I was very anti. Like, fuck that. I'm not getting the vaccine. I was the same guy. Like, I'm like, fuck that. I'm going to the grocery store every day during, yeah. during COVID. But well, then maybe, my, one thing, maybe one thing that we could do, like, you know, the vaccine components, maybe one thing we could do a better job of is not being, is not like, you know, like, we're going to make you take this by any means necessary. We're going to, like, you know, I don't think that's very persuasive. Well, that that's what I think it's going to. But so then I was anti-vax and school years going on. My principal comes down and it was right when they were coming out. He was like, hey, man, Walmart's got some vaccines. Have you been vaccinated? And I love my boss. I'm very, I'm a very loyal person. And this really mattered to him. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I'm like, fuck, man, is there going to be some sort of like, hey, 90% of our teachers are vaccinated, send your kids back to school. Because school's horrible for the kids who aren't in school. Kids do so much better in a controlled environment where they can ask questions, interactive manner. Teachers can't anticipate, read body language, see when kids are on, off task, blah, blah, blah. So I went and got the shot just like that. My mind changed just like that because my boss said, hey man, go get the shot. <laughs> and I wonder the battle yeah, between- yeah, it's not even trust him so more as I, I wanted to be respectful to him, loyal to him. I don't know if he's right, but it mattered to him. And I feel like he's he's had faith in me multiple times in my position. I'm like, I guess the least I could do is take a vaccine that probably won't kill me, but maybe I get sick from. Well, it sounds like someone who really, you know, who really cared about you wouldn't try to put you in harm's way. At least that's what I, I mean, and you know, yeah, yeah. I don't know. If I, mean, I don't know. I, like, I, I'm trying to figure out like where my, you know, I, I think I think that maybe are you like proponents of vaccine? Like, it's so easy to just denounce people who are anti-vax. It's the easiest thing to do, and it's also not very productive. Like, you know, denouncements are just generally so easy, but to see from their perspective, to reach out, to educate, and persuade, um, or at least to try to do that. I mean, you know. I think that that's so much harder and yet it's so much more worthwhile, I believe. Yeah. Cause you really got to understand like what, what's triggering them to be so freaked the fuck out about injecting dead. So at first the RNA one, and I don't know how much of this you got into, but the one that apparently changed your DNA within your cells to make them produce the antibodies versus where they inject you with the dead virus and you naturally produce the antibodies mm -hmm. that screwed with me a little bit i was like whoa, whoa, whoa so you're mutating my cells rna functioning like that that don't sound right why have we never done this before if it's such a great way to do it how come all the other vaccines are like give you the dead virus oh your body figures out that how it kills produces the blood cells kills it do antibodies well Okay, I'm not sure if antibodies change the genotype, but they certainly change the phenotype. Um, like sometimes I think about epigenetics, um, which which may not be what's going on here, but I think that yeah, I think that even if they, I mean, this is interesting. This is something I don't think about. Maybe maybe not often enough, but. Um, 
like in epigenetics, you can change the genes that are expressed uh, despite, and then one question I've always had is like, um, does that mean that the genome is unchanged? I mean, like what, what is expressed and how you actually are is expressed, but is like the DNA in you changed? Fuck yeah, it is. <laughs> it's recessive traits. Again, my basic like seventh grade understanding Dude, you've changed my genotype, so just because I don't look any different doesn't mean my cells aren't producing different things and they're having some sort of impact on me. You know, you might, you might well be right. I'm just, I, you know, I just... I'm, Trust I just, me, I just, as, someone, as someone who has only been in a seventh grade science class and barely could hang with you when you said geno and phenotype, like it took me two minutes to remember what the definition was, you should absolutely trust my explanation. <laughs> well, they teach you the fundamentals in seventh grade. That's, that's a great point. <laughs> Unless they try. Um, I don't know. I mean, I actually, I'd, I'd want to like look this up and think about it more. I'm, I just, I, you know, I just like, I'd rather have questions that can't be answered. Yeah. Than uh, you know, like yeah. But it made me. I, I feel like the reason I brought it up when going back to eminent domain is like, it feels like the government is seizing my cells. And they're the, they are determining value of my life. They are saying herd immunity and freedom is the value of my life. Take this injection. And it's like, wow, man, that kind may, you can make a decent argument that that's kind of what's happening. They're saying, you're going to take this. We are going to inject this into you. And some colleges are saying that. I think University of Salisbury by us said, if you're going to be an on-campus student, you must be vaccinated. And I'm like, wow, what a mandate. What a mandate to get education and to feel like you need to have an experience to go to a fucking frat party or to go to aerospace club. I got to be vaccinated? Like, why is that a condition? I hear you. I really do. I really do. I really do feel for that. Like, I, I mean, I've, uh, you know, I also question the scientific literacy of policymakers quite a bit actually um but i'm just i'm not i'm just not sure man i don't know what to tell you yeah but, I, I mean but, but it's, it's not bad to have those questions yeah um I was you know like you can start if you can start from those questions and and you know it's not my place to like force stuff on anyone so yeah yeah i don't i don't know it's it's an interesting if you had to make a choice, I, I always like to play the, I'm the Supreme Court judge and I'm the, I think there's nine now, right? I'm the ninth judge. So it's four, four. And like, it's me. I'm the one that has to write my ideas about why I pick that position. I'm the one defining regulations and rules. So I'm like, how would I rule that it's okay that colleges mandate? You know, I really love, I do, like, I do think freedom and liberty, I do think that's a foundational principle. And I, I, I um, but, you know, I, I think John Stuart Mill says it really well. And, you know, it's tough. Like, when, you, when, you, when is it okay to violate freedom? Um, right. And I think Stuart Mills does a pretty good job, probably better than I can do, of uh, articulating it. But I don't know, man. I mean. Dude, don't worry. I, 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 I mean, why, why, why don't we Google it? Why not? I mean. Because it's more fun to just shoot the shit and discover your own thoughts as you talk. 
I tried to tell you this earlier, man. You're 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 a little apprehensive about your ability to articulate. Well, the thing is, I just want to take in more information before right. I say, you know, I don't want, yeah, I just want, like, this is just, I, I just have a question here and like, I can't, uh, I just want, I, I feel like I can't answer without taking in more information. I agree. Because Supreme Court justices, from what I understand, have clerks who would basically be like, find me the cases. You know, they got whatever, four or five, 10 people running around there Googling for them, bringing them cases so that they can try to process the information and determine what's right. They don't just go with a gut feel, <laughs> you know, for the most yeah. part. They're just not like let their spirit guide them to be like, yes, no. I, I honestly haven't been reading the news much on this, so I don't know like what's been going on with like, you know, court cases and all that. Yeah, I don't um, know if there are any court cases, but it's an interesting – I always just look at it from a place of liability. Like I feel these policymakers make policies not for what's best for people but what's for – Best for them to have an excuse to keep their job. Yeah, like which 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 drug company paid? You know, which drug which drug companies paying the campaign? Yeah, well that that would be the second one, right? Like exactly the. Um... You know, it's not bad to ask these questions. Um, I, I just don't I, like I don't know. I just I just I just I can't bring my I can't bring myself to come up with an answer. You're a man like, of I, science, man. You you do not. Yeah. It, it's hard for you to just theorize. Plus, it's what old people do. We sit around. Well, I mean, I, need, I mean, I like to theorize. I just need, I just need more information in this case. I need to find, you know. Yeah, that's very true. I shouldn't have said you don't like to theorize. Um, oh, don't worry about it. Because clearly you do. <laughs> you don't like I to do theorize. Like to theorize. I love you don't theories, like to theorize off the cuff. Sorry. You don't like to theorize off the cuff. You like well, to. Well, I don't. I, I like. I just like it to be substantiated. Hundred um, percent. I like. I want to agree with you know experiments. Very responsible um, of you. Yeah, I want to agree with reality. Um, I just don't know, man. I yeah. haven't looked at the studies myself. It's interesting that you were and you were a lot like me, where you were like, "Yeah, man, I get it. No big deal." Because <laughs> I always go back to the percentages, and I feel like even with the blood clots, um, for what Johnson and Johnson had like six people get blood clots out of six point five million, and I think it was in Israel. And I was like, the percent, like people would get on a plane and be fine. And you, you have a way higher percentage chance of dying on a plane than you do getting a blood clot. But we stopped something that we had been saying as a country is needed. We need vaccines. India is blowing up right now. People are dying. They're running out of oxygen. And we're going to stop because six people out of 6.5 million got blood clots. I thought this was imperative. And yeah. that's where I start getting a little, hmm, what could have really happened? Did Johnson and Johnson's check bounce? <laughs> yeah. Admittedly, like, this is why I've, like, you know, I, I don't read, I, I mean, I, you know, as I've gotten older, I read, like, traditional mass media news less and less because they're not going to show you, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I, last I checked, they didn't have good footnotes to the studies here. They're just, they're, you just have a journalist trying to, make sense of them. It's all opinionated, man. But dude, that's something interesting. Um, if you're comfortable giving it, what do you do for your news? Help oh me yeah. To, help me to be young and know what to look for. So I use RSS feeds normally. And um, I use actually a website called feedly.com. So yeah, like feedly.com. Okay. Um, and you can, it, it lets you, it gives you more control. Like normally 
normally when you're reading news, you've got tons of algorithms that are that are working, you know, whether even if you're reading a newspaper, you've got tons of algorithms and they're trying to optimize what story is going to, you know, be the best for the front page or the best front page of the website, like what's going to get the most clicks. Yeah. I feel like you get more control or like, I'm not, I'm not fundamentally against algorithms, but you get more control over your algorithm on a, on that site. You can train it. You can say, I like this story. I don't like this story. It'll personalize the algorithm for you. Um, yeah. Do you that, go? So that's what I do is RSS feeds normally, but even those, I guess I haven't been looking at that much lately. I don't. I, I also I also sent in a suggestion to Feedly to uh, let me do it for like I can like to let me do like that um, to include it like uh, academic publications and researchers with specific labs in the uh, RSS feeds instead of just like online news sources. Um, so yeah, I really I do wish there was a better way to get like you know I mean like sometimes I'd rather read the journal and the study than the you know news article. Um, and I'm trying to figure out which labs to trust or which journals to read. And, it's, you know, is it just the ones that have the best search engine optimization? Like the first ones that show up on Google or like, I, I mean, I always use DuckDuckGo. So like for me, I just say like the search engine. So, um, but uh, yeah. I feel like I've heard of DuckDuckGo. Why is DuckDuckGo popular? Uh, so they, the design philosophy, I think, um, is really centered on privacy. Um, like sometimes it, will, sometimes it does catch me out how much data they collect. Uh, you know, these companies like Google and Facebook in particular um, and what they're doing with it. I mean, I'm just, I'm honestly not sure. Um, and, you know, it's just a big black box that I'm going to tell you. Or, I mean, I don't know. I think, they, I mean, especially, I think, I think Facebook has tried to be more transparent since Cambridge Analytica. But, um, yeah, I mean, it basically focuses on privacy, I think. Is that, that, that's why I do it. Gotcha. All right. So have you, um, as much as you can talk about this, because I've heard of the dark web, educate me. If I wanted to go there, could you be my spirit guide? Like, do I just go www.darkweb.com? Have you traveled? Have you spurlunked to the dark web? (laughs) This is, this is a part that we're not, this is, I'm asking you, please don't, please don't include this. I have to No, dude, I don't edit things out. I don't know. So if you're not um, comfortable talking, you don't have to say it. But I'm interested because I, you feel like you would be the guy that would have some insight. And I've not spoken to someone who would have insight into this. Not asking you to buy me like child porn or heroin or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the thing is, the thing is I don't want to say I want to say something and be unemployable forever. God. Gotcha. Um, okay. But uh, but yeah, I mean, if you really, I, mean, I don't know. I think a lot of people do it out of morbid curiosity. You can find. I mean, it's just not indexed by search engines. Um, see, yeah, I don't know what that means. Indexed by search engines. So there's like all these, uh, so I guess like fundamentally you have like, um, web pages that are served up by computers and a lot of people find stuff through Google. They're like, you know, I mean, like, of course it's illegal, but you know, there'll be like, uh, you know, we definitely have to cut this part. No, I can't. Don't say it then. I don't want to cut it. All right. never mind. Um, but so what it was spurred on about was, and I forget, I believe the m- trailer, cause I watched too much movies, I don't, I, too many movies. I don't read enough. Um, it was Silk Road, the dude who invented Silk Road on the dark web and just basically was like, I'm for freedoms. I don't give a fuck what you sell on here. I'm just making a marketplace and great concept, terrible concept. You, you can fall either way. It's almost like Twitter being uncensored or Facebook being uncensored, right? Like 
do we want to censor? But then who are the censors? So should we limit a marketplace? Why, why should it be illegal for you to provide a place where people can sell heroin? Shouldn't we worry about the people selling and have them arrested? But that you should not be liable for providing a marketplace for them, which I thought in essence was the Silk Road story. Yeah, like, well, there's one, there's one um, line from uh, Stephen, Stephen Levitt is an economist. Um, and one line that he has is, if you regulate, or regulation is bound to fail when a healthy black market exists for the same product. Yeah. Um, Argument for pot. Well, I, th- I, think it, I, mean, I think it's a little more ba- general than that. I mean, maybe it's not, I mean, but all, all sorts of, um, you know, illegal products. I don't know, man. This is like, we're getting, into, we're getting into Yeah, stuff right. See, and I've, I've spoken to, and I apologize, man. I don't want to put you in a precarious position. I've actually had a couple other younger dudes who were on Twitter um, get, they get a little worried about being unemployable because you're on the record saying something. But it's interesting to me. It's something that um, was just getting protested. Delaware is trying to legalize uh, marijuana. It, I don't think the bill has been voted on yet. So it's legal for medical purposes. It's decriminalized up to an ounce. The issue they're having is you're selling it and you're not even matching the price rates in Colorado. You're fucking price gouging. You're, you're yeah. setting up a monopoly. You're not allowing us. And then the other the counterpart with about the black market is it's just fucking cheaper to go find a drug man. It's go it, it's it's a weed. Weeds grow pretty easy, man. So like you can find the product on the black market. So why would people turn to the legal source if it's so much overpriced than a competent black market? That's what made me bring up the pot part when you said that. Yeah. Line. I'm not sure it was I think I think, you know, we may have had some missteps in which drugs we legalize and which drugs we don't make legal. I think that's true. Um, like for example, LSD and psychedelics are one thing where uh, based on I think a limited amount of research they were made illegal a while ago and even research into them halted. Yeah. And it's like recently you you're seeing a lot more research on on psychedelics. Um, you know, do they have the potential to treat, you know, this and this mental illness and um and and it's not like it's not like I it's not like I'm saying yes they do or no they don't. I'm just saying, you know, it's like it's an open research question there, I think. That's a and, very um, employable uh, answer, my friend. <laughs> good, I did my job. <laughs> well, I, yeah, the thing is, I don't know why I'm. I mean, like, I, I'm not really that. A, I mean, I don't know why I'm so afraid because I like it's not like I've done like something fundamentally wrong. It's not like I'm a truly unemployable person. So yeah, why am I so afraid of discussing this? It's probably because I'm scared someone else is going to take some something I say out of context yeah. and think, oh yeah, like this guy unemployable i mean but that but that's what that that's what you know that's what people do nowadays like they'll take one quote and like, like with elon musk smoking pot right yeah no, they'll exactly. take one thing out of context and i mean if you listen to the whole interview you kind of i mean you know you'll get a better sense but i don't know yeah so i don't know why i'm so afraid um i'll say that it, it's funny man because it really is common from the younger kids that i've spoken to and so i also coach basketball um cool. middle school middle school level And it's something where you notice it because you can watch kids' eyes and you can watch their body language when you're asking them to do something they're uncomfortable doing. And their greatest fear is them. What are they going to say? What about them? What are they going to think? And it's like, 
gives a fuck about them, man? Like, what about your boys right now who need you to fill in the blank with whatever? But I hear you. They, they're very apprehensive to try for fear of judgment. Because, dude, I, again, I didn't grow up with it. I don't want to fucking open my phone and have 5,000 likes on some video of me tripping over myself and everybody's laughing in a gym. Like, yeah. what would that do to my psychology? Talk about my front lobe, the gray matter. What does that do to my, what does that do for my need for psychedelics and therapy? <laughs> well, I think that the masses respond to, you know, shock and awe, something, you know, things like that. And that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean like, you know, like if you look at the masses, they can be, I mean, like what, what, what do large numbers of people do? I mean, it, you know, I mean, I don't know. I try not, I mean, it's not always right. Like there's this, there are economics that like crowds are inherently mad. I'm thinking about um, Arrows and Possibility Theorem, okay. uh, which I think won a, won a Nobel Prize. But yeah, so I guess, I don't know, I try, try to worry about that last thing. I mean, like one of the things, I, I mean, I, I, and I do think about like that, you know, like that social anxiety, especially with social media, like is someone going to find my worst moment and judge me on it? Right. Well, I really like to think that we're past judging people on their worst moments. As a, you know, as a society, it's just a low ethical standard. Dude, it really is. And everybody preaches forgiveness and understanding, and it's like, I, right? I but now you're gonna, yeah. But then, but then you see, you know, all these people getting canceled and me too. Uh, it's a real meme culture. No, dude, it's it's interesting meme to culture. me that, um, and again, maybe I just don't have any sort of ambition that I'm like, I'm a I'm a teacher, man. I'm a government employee, and it's even weird for me doing this podcast because there's language within our union contract about me endorsing certain things. Like, I don't think I'm allowed to come and endorse psychedelics. I can't be like, they're the greatest thing we need. Everybody needs to trip balls. I, I believe right. if that's what I came out and said, they could hold that against me if they wanted to. And I could be fired from my position, but I'm right. a 40 year old man and I don't have to gain a position or gain any sort of um, stature. I kind of have a career. And I couldn't imagine being in my 20s and worrying about that, man. I, I, I feel like that's a real fear and it's a terrible fear because I think it stifles creativity and thought in younger people. Well, you know, the thing kids. that I reassure myself with is that, you know, if, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm not, I'm not someone who makes no mistakes. I mean, those who don't make mistakes don't make anything and I'm okay with that, you know, like, yeah. And, uh, you know, if someone's going to, you know, I mean, if someone's really going to come out and an employer is going to come and assassinate my character, well, then that's probably a shortcoming of their, you know, hiring process because they probably failed to see something. I mean, I feel like the truth is on my side, you know? Yeah. Um, and I feel like I can, I mean, I guess one thing I'm trying to reassure myself with more and more is like, I don't really care what's controversial. I care what's true. And, you know, if they, I mean, I, I can defend, you know, I can defend my ideas out there. Um, like if they, you know, if they try to, you know, some, someone tries to assassinate my character, well, I can either pay them no attention because they're, you know, wrong, or I could, if 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 it's really starting to affect me, I can defend it myself when it comes to it, defend my ideas, my character. Yeah, right. Because if you're not on that Epstein level, I feel like a lot of shit's very defensible and explainable. <laughs> like there's yeah, some. I don't, I don't. I don't have like some kind of like. You don't yeah, have a massage have, room yeah. back there. No, I don't, I don't have like sex slaves in the closet. I'm not like, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I, I mean, like I have not done things that I'm not saying I've made no mistakes, but I mean, yeah. what matters is whether you learn from them. And 
I'm not, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I'm not scared of being made into Harvey Weinstein because I haven't done anything like that. So it's like, yeah, right. Exactly. Like, why am I so afraid? Yeah, dude. But that's, that's right. There is the million dollar question then. And here's the other thing. It's because there's a bad communal habit of stopping at the headlines, I think. Yes. And it's also, it's a lot like COVID where like Harvey Weinstein, if you put him as a percentage, he's fucking COVID, man. How many movie producers are there out there that hopefully don't require sexual favors for promising prominent roles? I would hope a lot. I would hope it was the survival rate of COVID, at least 97%, right? Like... But, I don't know, man. But I mean, the, like the thing is, is that some of this stuff is just so far outside of my control. Yeah. And it's like, like, why am I worrying about that? Exactly. But that's what I'm saying, man. People, I don't know if people take the time to rationalize it. They, they just get fear put into oh, yeah. them as, as youthful people. They're taught now social media is with you forever. It's like that old permanent file that kids used to be scared of. Like that's going to go on your permanent file. And it's like, oh my God, I got detention when I was in sixth grade. That goes in my permanent file. I'm never going to get a job. Fucking social media has turned into the permanent file for kids. And it sucks. It just, well, yeah, it I'm, makes... I'm sure, you can find, I'm sure you can find stupid things I've said on social media. 100%. I, mean, I, I, don't think I've, I don't think I've said anything that's really wrong or hurts people. So I try not to, but... But you might just um, be being I mean, a you know, if you found something like that, I would probably own up to it. And I'd be like, okay, I made a mistake, but... Yes. You know, I mean... Like okay, like what, like who, like who do you think you're hiring? I mean, like look, look at your current employees; they're they're totally mistakeless now. I mean, that's just yeah. not that's not how people live, you know. Yeah, but and so I really wonder because I'm not part of that culture. So like like a company like Tesla, I do wonder: do they have like forty super sleuths, or do they just like that aura of? we research your social media, and it just makes everyone fucking have anxiety. But really, it's like they got. Flow, who's googling you, and if it doesn't come up like molester, it's like, oh, he's good. Yeah, I highly doubt. I highly doubt they have a bunch of sleuths looking to dig up dirt on the employees. Like, oh, look at this one lie you told when you were eight years old. Yeah, I know, right? Like going through every little tweet of yours, that would be exhausting. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I mean. I mean, I, I guess, but, but really what I reassure myself with is like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to figure the truth. Like, I mean, I mean, Brandon, if you, if you find a mistake then props, I'll learn from it. Like that, like, but you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let you, I mean, I know I'm not a bad person. <laughs> right. Um, so why am I like, why am I going to be, I'm not, I'm not afraid of the mistakes I've made. I guess that's kind of where I'm coming from. I try not to make them. I, I do. I make. Like, I mean, I try to learn from things. So like, I'm not like out there like just saying controversial things just you know for the heck of it. Yeah. Um, but I'm just trying to do things I think are right. You know, and you know, I mean, if people really had an issue with that, then I don't think we would have made it this far. Like as a as a species. So. Yeah. <laughs> as a species. As a species, really. <laughs> I don't think like how far. I mean, you hear this embedded in in so many religious doctrines. It's the idea of sins and you know penance. Oh. You, you, like, I, I, I mean, could you imagine if we went around like, you know, I mean, learning learning to be more cohesive and to trust each other to to know you know most people are pretty good people if you give them the chance. Jesus, dude, that's a Jesus, dude. Um, um, obviously, I know why I started the sentence with that word. Um. 
that's an amazing analogy. Could you imagine, like, talk about fucking Neuralink. Do you really want, number one, to trust that the thoughts and emotions you want communicated will be communicated? And two, that the deeper emotions, the private thoughts, will not be accessed if we're communicating without language, right? Language at least gives us time to try to filter and think about what we're going to say. As much as we fuck that up, imagine unfeathered access to random thoughts that just pop in your head all the fucking time. I mean, yeah, I think one of the key, one of the key realizations I made when I was like, you know, I mean, like, you know, like probably like any kid in high school, I probably had my my share of social anxiety, you know, whether I admitted it or not, people would get afraid of, so, of how they're perceived. But one of the key realizations is that like how I really am is more important than however, however I look or wherever they see in me. Uh, and I really think that helped me to get, you know, I, I think that was like a big realization for me. I'm really like a big lesson that I learned. 100% man. And I like how I had never thought or equated social media to sin. But imagine if that was your fucking sin tracker and they could pull that up any single time yeah, and throw it in your face and you're damned. Damnation. Yeah. One thing thing I thought about is like, you know, successful people, how it used to be is like, if you get really famous, you might get a biographer who will dig up your dick. Right. But now we just, now everybody's got that biographer. It's social media. Yeah. Um, And it's like, okay, well, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's so funny. Like even, even Zuckerberg, they're trying to, I think getting off track when he testifies in front of Congress, they're like, you remember this thing you made when you were 2019, this face match thing about, you know, about like, oh, which girls are hot and like, you know, click on the hot girl. And it's like, okay. He's like, okay, Congressman, I'm sorry for what I made when I was 19. It's like, yeah, like that's how you respond to it. Like, this person just going way off track. I mean, the point is not to assassinate his character. The point is he's here because of Cambridge Analytica. Like, why do you care? Like, why are we so worried about what he did when he was nineteen? Yeah, and I'm I'm not, I'm not even Zuckerberg's biggest fan, but I mean, even I see that. Like, I'm not. I mean, it's not. Yeah, well, yeah, because it's part of the creative process, man. You do shit that interests you, and what else would interest you at nineteen? But yeah, fucking. Yeah, I mentioned I mentioned like that white bird on my door, and like one of the things I've written on there is a quote from Gandhi. And it's like, freedom is not worth having if it doesn't include the freedom to make mistakes. Yeah, man. It's And yet with all this knowledge, you still have the apprehension. It's an yeah. interesting, Not in a, I'm not judging you in any way, man. It's just, it's an interesting, it's part of what I enjoy about the podcast. Gaining perspective on just people's lives and the effects, man. And that, that's a... Just like student debt is a real thing, like a real concern for kids. Although... I fucking hate yuppies that come out with like a liberal arts degree and 150 grand of debt. And it's like, bitch, go to community college, man. I'm sorry. Like, like, Actually, like I agree with that. There, there's options. Like, you, no one forced you to do that. No one told you to go pursue a Broadway career. I mean, hey, it's pretty wrong, I think. I mean, I mean well, I'm, I, I mean, like, this college has seduced you with its acceptance rate, and now it's going to settle you with a useless degree and tons of debt. Yes. Like, Dude, that, that should be the thing. The college fucking duped you. They, they roped or doped you. They told I, you. I wish I wish you were smart enough to see past U.S. News and World Report. I wish kids in my high school were. I wish I was at the time to see past U.S. News and World Report. Like, what is this really? It's like, I don't know. It's just vanity. Yes, hundred percent. Right. That's interesting that you brought up the U.S. News World Report. I just watched the um, college acceptance scandal where uh, the lady from Full House, what's her name, Lori Laughlin. I don't know. 
see, this is, again, I love speaking to smart people because it helps me realize how much TV I watch. But basically, it was where rich and famous people paid this guy to create profiles and develop relationships to get their children accepted into different colleges. Yeah, I, I heard about I heard about the thing that involved the athletics department. Like, let's pay the coach to say that this person's incredibly good at the sport. I heard about that. Yeah, it wasn't even incredibly good. So according to the documentary, it was basically like you're willing to let them come as a walk-on, and then you kind of cut them, and you never have them play. Mm. but that the fact that the coaches get to hand the admissions people a list of names, the admissions people just accepted it. So it was an automatic in as long as the coach put your name on the list. The coach gets a donor of whatever, 200 grand. Admissions is happy because it's all about money in versus money out, and you're a shitty sport. So he picked sports that ran deficits so that when he donated money, it helped the coach to be in the red. And it was like the only reason they wanted their kids to go to these schools was the prestige of not everyone gets to go. The exclusivity of it. I think it comes from like a fundamental misunderstanding that external factors and that what's around you is what determines your life. No, if you're, if you're a hard worker and you're, I mean, you're going to, you're probably going to be successful no matter what college you're at. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, I, I think it's funny, man, because going back to like fundamental truths that you believe and I have a daughter, I'm going to assume you don't have any children yet that you know of since you didn't I go to parties. I didn't have any children. <laughs> I was gonna, since you didn't go to parties, right? Like couldn't have any kids. Oh, <laughs> well, I don't think I don't think I don't think they were having kids. Was the hope not, but, I mean, oh, you didn't go to like, let's have a kid party. I did that when I was. No, I've never no, been I'm to one of those. I mean, I mean, I've actually probably been to one of those, but I just didn't fit in, man. Like, who am I gonna, I mean, like, you know, like every now and then, like I get to like one of these parties in college or, the, and then, or in high school, even, and then I'd just be in the corner, like trying to act cool or look cool or trying, trying to act like I don't care what people think, but I really do. Yeah. It's the worst. It's the, it's, uh, it's, it's the just worst. not, it's just not for me. Like I just can't meet people there. I'm more of a get to know you guy, you know? Yeah. Hey man, like, thanks uh, for the plug. There it is. The soundbite. I'm more of the get to know you guy. Like that was perfect. Getting oh to yeah, for your Get to Know You podcast, yeah. There it is, sound clip. <laughs> You're actually, I think you might be the first guest that dropped it just like organically like that. Well, there you go. Interesting, interesting. No, man, I was, was kind of like that as well um, in parties. It, it was um, interesting that you bring up that. Mm-hmm. It, it's, they do, man. It gets framed like college has to be this. Um, parties is how you get to know people. And it, I don't know if that's the right way to look at it for a lot of people who just think or overanalyze shit, man. I think parties and dude, to this day, I got teachers that are like, come grab happy hour. And I'm like, okay. Oh, you don't want to go? Well, blah, 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 blah. And as soon as they hit like three names, I'm like too many people, too many social dynamics. I'm not going to be able to fucking handle it, man. Like I don't understand the norms. (laughs) I don't know who's supposed to speak. Too many yeah. variables, and it throws me off, man. And I can't I've, deal with that shit. I've been there, and like, I, and I think, like, I don't know what, what works for me, and it doesn't always work because I, I, sometimes I fail to do this. But I tell myself, it's like confidence. It's not. It's not, and this is something I retweeted from my power, like this, just with this Twitter account. But I think it's true. Is like confidence is not they will like me guaranteed. It's like I'll, I mean maybe they will, maybe they won't, but I'll be fine either way. 
<laughs> that's true. I mean, that's that's true. God, I just, I don't know, man. I, I look at those situations and I look back, it's like, man, I didn't enjoy parties back then and I still don't enjoy large gatherings now. It's it's an interest. It's just interesting that you brought that up, Robbie. I just don't know how to have like a conversation in that setting, like like a con- like I mean like can you can you like compare that to like this? You know, you're sitting down, you're having like a three hour two hour I don't, I don't know, conversation. You're getting to know someone, and then the other setting, you know, you're gonna try, you're gonna experiment with some substances. You're gonna, uh, you know, alcohol or or well, I mean, I mean, I don't really. Okay. I mean, alcohol, well, substances, alcohol or whatever drugs, um, and uh, both willingly and unwillingly. <laughs> yeah, peer pressure for sure. Not immune, but, dude. Uh, that's interesting though, because you're a Twitter guy. So Twitter is the ultimate party, the party for. And I say Twitter guy, like, because you don't have Facebook or Instagram, right? That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So I. Again, I try to get to know people through social media, found you on Twitter, so I guess you'll be the Twitter guy for forever and always to me. Um, But I think of parties as like tweets where you're just trying to be witty enough to grab someone's attention in as short of amount of time as possible. There's no fucking, there's barely any nuance. There's no banter or back and forth. It's just like, there it is. All right, gone. It's so silly because, like, I, I mean, like, you know, that, that's how that, that's true. That's how it works. It's you know, you gotta be, yeah, you, you gotta be concise on Twitter. But so often, I find myself like, let me write my manifesto here in two hundred eighty characters. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like just trying to work now. And then you're like, yeah, I'll just retweet someone else doing it. <laughs> Done. Well, yeah, I mean, if you see a good idea in someone else, like, like that's something I'm gonna support. Yeah. Yeah, but so my theory would be that Twitter people should be party people because parties are more like Twitter and not like Facebook. I think Instagram would be the second grouping of party people. Actually, you know what? I'll take that back. Instagram would be first because it's all about the image. And then second would be Twitter because it's all about the quick little banter. And then third would be Facebook because friends versus followers, relationship long form yeah and and like it's not like these are all necessarily bad things but like a lot of the reason you know i used to have this stuff and like part of i mean i deleted it like for a few reasons i think i mean the I, there was like the whole data thing there was cambridge Analytica, there's ethical concerns and like i don't want to support this that's one thing but also like you know i'm not that selfish reasons too and uh like it's like this is taking up like too much of my mental capacity mm. it is like all these appearances and not getting to know anyone so that was part of the reasoning as well. How bad did the numbers or do the numbers um, mess with you? Like, the, did you have, because you seem very numerically driven. So, Used to be. Yeah. Okay. Then, probably, not, probably not as much as I, I mean, like, like in high school maybe, but like now, now I'm like, how does this apply to the real world? Okay. But, but, but anyway, go on. No, I'm just curious, like how, because it screws with me if I post shit and especially with insights, like I'm, I'm, I'm a data driven guy and I'm like, fuck man, what worked about this? What didn't work about this? Was it the time of day? Was it the day of the week? Was it the hashtag that I used? Why is my engagement down? Why is the engagement up? So I couldn't imagine whatever you post something and you get the stereotype, whatever, seven likes or 12, you only have like 40 friends at one point And you're like, I'm a loser. 
my circle yeah. is only 40 friends. Have you so, seen that South Park episode? It's like you have zero friends. No. It's, 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 it's a pretty funny satire. But, but yeah, I feel that too, man. Um, and it's like, uh, you know, I, 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 like when I was in high school, I had Instagram and I had, you know, like maybe, maybe a few hundred followers and like how many of them did I really know? Like yeah, right. probably less than 10. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, you know, like there, there, there's a study that shows like it talks about like the human nature of groups, like how many people can you actually keep up with? 144. How many friends can you actually have? Is your brain capable of keeping up with? And it's like 150 is the limit is, is what they say. I thought it was 144. You're going to make me Google that shit. I read it. So where'd you, if I'm right, I'm going to be impressed. Cause I think it might be the first thing I got you on. Um, I got that from Malcolm Gladwell's tipping point. Are you familiar Malcolm with Gladwell? He wrote outliers. Okay. Yes. Yeah, dude. He's written like five or six. I haven't read tipping point, but, okay. um, but, I, but I, but I think I've heard the study that's referenced. Yeah. And based, and the reason it was cool is because it was his, um, you know, he goes into these narratives to prove his theory or his thesis. Um, it was based on DuPont, which is a company in Delaware. And DuPont, part of what made DuPont successful for AI DuPont and um, the DuPont family is, a, I believe a factory would only get 144 employees and then they would build a new factory. They wouldn't expand the current factory. They would build an entire brand new factory. It would be its own entity because they found the magic number of relationships where you could interact and understand and know the dynamics of, oh, Jim solves this problem. Beth, she solves this problem. Max is out at 144, which is why the book is called Tipping Point, because it's like, how many can you have before it's one too many, before you get tipped in the other direction? Yeah. The thing is, I don't really, like, I guess what I've like tried to do more is like worry less about the number of friends and more about the quality of the relationships. Like I'd rather have a few friends. Oh, yeah. Well, I actually have like conversations with, you know, who I get to know. Yeah, no, no. Um, and it's like, you know, I'd rather have that than like, I don't know, some giant social media following. I mean, yeah, like, it, like, you know, fame, I mean, like, I, I will, I will make sure that I never delude myself into thinking fame is a worthy goal. It's not simply fame that I would be after. It would, it would be like doing useful things or inspiring a lot of people, but it's not, it's not just having a lot of followers. That's not the metric. Um, that's got to be yeah. tough, man. Growing up in a metric-driven um, culture, it's just something that I, I probably, I probably didn't, I probably contributed to it at some point. I mean, out of my own stupidity. Yeah, I, I would think you would almost have to, man. It's that, it's the environment just influencing you, right? Um, and I, but, think... but, but 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 I learned to think past that at some point, and like that's my life got so much better when I, when I learned to do that. Well, you did you ever do like where you analyzed or tracked how much time you were spending on social media? Um, I used to look at that. I mean, like the the iPhone stuff. Um, I don't know Apple Screen Time and things like that. Like there was kind of a there was kind of a, a you know it seemed to get happen really quickly. Instagram added this thing to track that lets you track. Facebook probably did. Um, and uh, you know Apple Screen Time on the iPhone they let you track and like that that sort of came out around the time I was becoming disillusioned with it. So, um, I don't know, but, um, now, I mean, I, I, I kind of get a sense of like, what, like, I try, I try to think like, what have I been thinking about? And what do I want to think about? Um, right. and it's like, I'd rather, honestly, I just want to like, sometimes I just want to think about carbon capture and physics, or, but, <laughs> but it's also nice to have, it's nice to have, it's nice to have conversations too. I mean, I'm not an island. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to live alone. 
Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's nice having friends. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't want to be the Unabomber in the woods. Oh heck yeah! You do not want to be the Unabomber. You don't. Want, you don't want to go to Harvard and. I mean, you, you want to, you know, you don't want to lash, you know, become angry, lash out at society. I don't know, man. Yeah. Probably hated his colleagues when he was at Berkeley. I mean, I think, I mean, didn't he try to kill them? So. I don't know. So again, uh, just because I'm useless as far as academics, another great Netflix, that, <laughs> another great, another great Netflix special, the um, Unabomber one. So well done. Um, so have your cake. According to Netflix, do you know what ultimately sealed him, sealed the deal to catching him? No, I don't. Have your cake and eat it too, or eat your cake and have it too. Oh, he was a little. He was a little egotistical, and he left behind clues or something like that within his writing. So he oh. was one of the only people. Most people say have your cake and eat it too. Right. And I had somebody actually tell me that and I got so fucking pissed at him. I'm like, bitch, if you have your cake, of course you can eat it. So what the fuck are you talking about? You can't have your cake and eat it too. But the real saying is eat your cake and have it too. And the way our brains process it is whatever's listed first gets prioritized. So you cannot eat and have, but you can have and eat. For some reason, the, the sequence matters. So the Unabomber apparently wrote like some paper where yeah, he referenced that the proper way, which is not societally normed. He said, eat your cake and have it too. And then he used that in one of his letters and the dude matched up, the investigator matched up. It was like linguistical phonetics matched up his paper i guess it's from berkeley to the unabomber letter which allowed them to get the warrant because he had like eight different wordings that he was trying to in essence say is his dna his verbal dna okay you probably know a lot more about this because I, I just i haven't looked into it i i didn't look into it either i just really enjoyed the Netflix documentary yeah man and really yeah like what, what it meant to me is like you know crazy man went to harvard yeah yeah no i i uh, but yeah, but um, I mean, yeah, I didn't know that. I, I, I do hear like sometimes about like the psychological analysis of these people. And it's like, you know, even Ted Bundy was a little, you know, he, he, you know, I mean, he's not lucid. Like he's also just trying to, it's not just about pragmatically killing as many people as possible. It's also something to satisfy his, you know, sick desires. It's like, um, it's like, you know, he, had, he he wants to kind of show people he's smarter than them or, or like the Zodiac killer, they leave behind, you know, they leave behind traces and like, they don't have to do that. If they were trying to minimize the odds of being caught, maybe they wouldn't, but they, they just have to show that they're smarter than people or it's a game. something. Like, or, I, I, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I, don't under, I can't, I can't say I understand how their mind works at all. Uh, I, I guess I'm kind of glad I don't, but. Dude, it might um, be a scary thing. It would be, I, I mean, it's just not, it's just. Like I'm just gonna do my carbon capture in the corner, but uh, it's just me and my Tinker Toys. <laughs> Leave me alone. Yeah, well, yeah, but that's probably what Ted Kaczynski said too. Exactly, and he had a hell um, of a lot of Tinker Toys, man. That uh, uh, I mean, it's so I mean, it's just so logically inconsistent to me. He's he's like he thinks technology is the enemy, but there he is using it. He's he's building bombs, like. I, I think I think there's a lot of like inconsistencies that are just 
right from these people's minds. Well, they rationalize, right? So they, they justify these actions in any means possible. And yeah, maybe they don't allow themselves to have a circle that challenges them, which drives them over the fucking deep end. Like, that's why you're doing that shit. Cause if you'd have brought it up while we were having a beer, I'd have been like, you know what, Ted, have you thought about the fact that your timers are technology? Yeah. And he's you like, everyone, everyone needs friends to tell them when they're being dumb. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, Hey, Sean, man, you're right, dude. So glad we had this. You know what? I'll pick up the tab. And I'm like, yeah. you, know, you know what, Ted? I got the tip. Thanks, man. <laughs> like that conversation never happened. And it just fucking snowballed. Yeah. Like that's the danger. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's just nice to, it's like, if you don't have any feedback on your thoughts and stuff, like everyone needs feedback. Yeah. hundred percent. Is it clear? Is it concise? Is it logical? Like, what am I missing? And again, I, I think we said this earlier, like it's just iron sharpens iron. Like if yeah. you are true to your desire to be intelligent or have thoughts, like you need to have them challenged. Like calluses matter. You don't want to, you're not strong without calluses. There's there's a shit ton of analogies for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need. You, I mean, I mean, everyone needs. You know, everyone needs. You know, cri- like criticisms can make us stronger if you're ever doing it right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, I think it really fucks with people if they have it like tied to their identity. I think that's yeah. when criticism breaks people. It's like, no, no, I'm the guy that knows versus yeah, yeah, I'm exactly. the guy that thinks. Exactly. Like, don't like. Yeah. Like, I like um trying like really hard not to you know like as a kid like that was part of like part of my struggle it's like don't define yourself by intelligence because like like i'm like you know that, like that that's when it came i was like okay like what are some values that i can that really you know that i can really get behind like some lines i won't cross that that that, that separate me from them you know and i, and I was thinking about like this, this video i saw like it was the psychology of batman and it's like he's got some lines he won't cross he won't kill anybody he won't, and I mean, like, it's part of his character arc too. He thinks he, he wants to take revenge for his parents' death on criminals. I mean, like, and uh, you know, and then there's this big moment where he's like, uh, well, at least in the Nolan trilogy, or Razal Ghul asks him to ex- execute someone. He's like, nope. Like that—that's a big moment for him. Or, or, or maybe the moment when he when he goes to his parents' trial and he's about to execute, you know, the, the killer after after the killer gets off. But oh, look, the mob did it. For, the mob did it. Does it first in the Nolan trilogy. Like there's these moments where, you know, and, and then he realizes like, you know, there's lines you can't cross. And like, I'm, I like that actually is, is pretty meaningful to me. It's like, I try like, like, like revenge is one of them. Like for me, it's like trying to learn, trying to like, like, like learn it, like take it from Batman. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. <laughs> take it from Batman. Yeah. Dude, that's... I really like that Nolan trilogy. It's like, it's got, it's like, it's such a great, um, it's it just, it just, you know, it's 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 like some like some things I see in movies are almost gospel to me. Like um, it sounds crazy, but uh, like there's even this one like even the, the scene that everyone hated in the Last Jedi, where like Rose stops him from sacrificing himself. Like that like, like maybe that's I mean I don't know, but but uh, but like the the line I really like. She's like, we're not gonna win by destroying what we hate. We're gonna win by saving what we love. And I'm like, wow, that really resonates to me. Like that like that might as well be gospel for me. Gotcha. I, I think that's a I think that's a real thing, man. I think instead of sitting around a fire and having stories told to you for entertainment, going to a play, like 
media, when it resonates, I think there are certain things in our spirit that get said. Like, it's art, right? Like, again, yeah, you exactly. can paint a picture and it's like, oh my God, that that hits, right? You can eat some food and be like, that's fucking delicious. You couldn't cook it yourself, but you can appreciate the deliciousness. You connect to it. And words right. and scenes can be the same way for your spirit, soul, or morals. Yeah, it's like, and it's a see, like, sometimes you can see the world through someone else's perspective. Um, and I really think, like, our nature, our nature, I, mean, I, I had a thought a while ago, our nature lies in art. Um, and, 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 you know, some people say it's the mirror held up to reality. I don't know, I mean, I, try, I, I, I thought about it. I mean, it's something, something made me think, for sure. <laughs> I like how you ended, like, for sure. I almost, sure. I almost wanted you, like, like, I almost wanted you like, to say like totally, totally. <laughs> but that's more I of a like, like yeah no no that's just my like uh the the um not that you are because you're completely employable and have never done drugs but like the stoner guy who has the epiphany and says something really smart and they're like damn dude how yeah, do you, you know that that? podcast and you, and you see, like, you only hit when he, when he smokes. He's like, like, what did he say right after that? I'm pretty sure he said, like, love is the answer. Oh, really? Like, I do why is that such a bad thought? Like, why is that going to make you short his stock? Yeah. Like, right. and, I mean, it's not, it, and that, I don't think it's the thought. I, I don't think, I'm not even sure these people ever heard the transcript. They just looked at the picture of him smoking, you know, smoking marijuana. Oh, yeah. Like, shit's trending and you got a bunch of, whatever, older, older and, and, yeah, with an algorithm. Yeah. No, but I, mean, then, record, I think everyone has done drugs. I mean, like alcohol, some form or fashion, for sure. I mean, like I, I can even like sometimes I even hear people talk about social media as a drug, and it's like, well, that's that's fundamentally different from like substances like alcohol. I mean, but it alters the brain. Fundamentally, they're all drugs. They modify our consciousness. Exactly. But um, like some of them, you know, I mean, like I'm, I mean, you know, some of them I'm not like some of them I will never try because I'm just scared of what that's going to do to me. Dude, I had lines. Um, um, funny again with lines. Didn't mean to be punny, but could never get into coke, man. Had uh, several opportunities too, and I don't know what it was because I, in my younger days, would do drugs, and I, I like it was just an arbitrary line where I'm like fuck that. I'll be a junkie. I'll be an addict. I'll R really, what it was, was like, I had to work for money and I heard how expensive it was and how much you always wanted to do it. And I'm like, fuck, if I'm gonna work all weekend to blow it in an hour again, blow pun. And what do I get for that? Now I got to wait six days and all I'm gonna do is think about getting more of it. And then what, what am I going to like commit crimes to get it? Now I'm an addict and no one trusts me. Like, what are we doing? But like, that's where my mind went at 17 years old. And yeah. I, I don't know why I was wired like that, but that made that arbitrary line where I was like, I, I, I just can't, didn't want to seek it out. Friends would go. I'd be like, nah, man, I'm straight. You know, I, I mean, I was, when I was like 18, I had a, you know, I had a friend who was like, I was trying to support, right? And then like, you know, she's having like some dark thought. Like she made this joke about how she used to joke about killing herself and that like freaked me out. And I'm like, geez, how can I support this person? And I probably, and I, and in the end I was probably like, I probably thought it was more in my, my control than it, than it was. I mean, it's really in their control, not in mine. 
and it's probably vain to think that I could single-handedly lift this person out of that. Hubris. But it's like we're all we all have it. Yeah, I mean, it's like I don't know. I don't know. I think I ended up literally pushing them away, honestly, because they were doing like they were like really like they were they were going to go to college and experiment and get the college experiment the college experience. And I was like, okay, well, you know, draw some lines, like. I tried to set, you know, and what I did, it's going to sound, I mean, I, I sent them like studies about like jewel damaging DNA. And I was <laughs> like, you know, like they probably, probably didn't make them like me that much right. when, I was, when I was just, you know, unfettered criticism. But I, 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 like that's the only way I knew to support them. It's like, don't, you know, don't like, I'm trying, I, I was just trying to do something. Well, you're support. a man of science. You're yeah. El Scalito from Nacho Libre. <laughs> I haven't seen that in a while. Oh my god, dude, that's the best line. He's like, "Do you not believe in Jesus?" Nacho Libre does, and El Scalita goes, "I am a man of science." <laughs> and you're like, "Just I don't know." <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm not trying like. Yeah, like I was reading about Newton lately. He he actually dabbled in theology. He had this belief, and it was heresy at the time that uh, that um, Christ was superior to god and god was subservient to christ he had this like really theological belief it's like oh. you think like what does that mean like like what like like how do like what does that mean for ethics like yeah so, what is like, that I, like, thing? yeah i'm not i mean i don't think i'm above i don't think i'm above it i mean i think you know oh no dude i think i think i think like a lot of theology contains some ethical wisdom that I could, you know, I could, you know there's, some, there's something I could learn from it. And I, I, I like, uh, yeah, there's something. And, uh, yeah. I wasn't trying to imply. Um, oh, my, I know, I know. Gotcha, gotcha. It, it's something I always deal with because I am kind of a smart ass. And it, sometimes you can get so comfortable talking to somebody and you'll like throw a joke out there and you're like, fuck, man, you're meeting them for the first time. Don't be a complete dick. You know, I try to take nothing personally. So, so don't worry about it. It's because you're a like, literally science. nothing. <laughs> No, but going to your friend with the jewel thing, like, I feel like that's how I would show that I cared. I'd be like, I have a really well vetted article that has like several yeah. blind studies. Do you not understand the effects of this here? And, and I wanted to see the results of the work. I wanted to be like, okay. Yeah. Like, like, like that was, that was where, that, that was where I got. And I was thinking about this Mother Teresa quote recently. And then, then, you know, I think she has two quotes and I think that they're a little inconsistent, but it sounds like maybe she learned something along the path <laughs> of her life. Uh, there's one quote where it's like, don't let anyone leave you happy or less happy than they were before. Like there's that. And then there's another quote where she's like, sometimes you got to leave it to Jesus. You, you know, it's tough because you want to see the results of, other, of, of, you know, whether people's work, but you got to leave it to Jesus. And I was, you know, I, and like me as a, you know, as someone who's, you know, I mean, even as a scientist, I see meaning in that. Um, like, and I, and I think maybe I, maybe I had the first mindset a little too much. I wanted to see the results. I wanted to be like, all right, this person is concretely better off because of me. And it was a little, it was a little vain of me to, to want, like, just to want to see that. Like, sometimes you gotta let them do it. You know, I mean, they're they're the ones who are ultimately in control of their life. And I, I just wanted to see the results of my, you know, all this investment in this friend who I was trying to support pay off. Yeah, hundred percent, man. That that. Again, that's where the science has limits because you can only control. The whole point of science is to put everything in control but one thing, right? Limit the variables, variables, right? And now it's 
that's not life, man. There's too much fucking chaos and unpredictability. And that's where that whole, wherever you fall on the religious spectrum, leave it to Jesus applies where it's in essence, just, you, you got to walk away with faith that if it's yeah. meant to be, it's meant to be. Well, I don't think science can answer every question. Like, um, I mean, even as someone who really likes the, like, you know, I like, I love to think about my, you know, the carving capture, I keep going back to it, but no, even like, I don't know, I think there's a place for art too. I think there's a place for ethics. Like I've always thought of science as like, you know, science can't tell you what you should do. It tells you what happens when you do this. It tells you know, but it's not like science can prescribe, like what is the best future? Like for me, yeah. like when I think about ethics, it's like, I'm trying, just trying to make the future as good as possible. Like that, like that's pretty much, that's pretty much like the, you know, the mission statement where all my ethics comes from. And, 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 you know, like, it's kind of, it's kind of vague to say good. Well, it's like, okay. And then, and then that's when you get into like the kind of, you know, some more fun questions. Like I'm trying to make sure well, like what it, lives on as long as possible. What is good, right? When you say make the future is good, good. It's a good question. Yeah. Like science doesn't say what is good. Science will measure what you determine to be good in whatever means or metrics right. you are using for your definition of good, but it's relative. Okay. Science tells you what happens when you put a lot of carbon in the atmosphere, but it doesn't tell you, like, it doesn't tell you that, that that's bad. Ethics tells you that, I think. All right. Or even if it's worth it, man. Like, what if it was, like, this weird, almost like COVID restrictions? See, that's kind of interesting, too, because COVID's in the air. Carbon's in the air. Oh, my God. Best analogy ever since we're this deep in. I get, I, I get better as um, I go longer. That's what she said. I was waiting on you, my friend. Office reference. Um, <laughs> but so like COVID's bad, restrict freedoms, we accept it. Carbon's bad, restrict freedoms, we need to survive. What if, uh, like, could you imagine a society that was like, yeah, carbon's killing the world, but fuck it, man, it's worth it. Like, it's like, we're just going to live and we're, we're going to be a Sodom and Gomorrah and just enjoy it till it burns down. And that's yeah, and what we value. And it it would be it would be weird. But at the same time, I don't know if that'd be better. Probably be more fun. Yeah, it's like I, and it's like something it's just, this is I, like I feel like I you know I can't tell someone it's not even my place to tell them like, oh, this is the best future. This is what you what what, what we should want for our children. Right. Like I can have that conversation and I can you know, but I can't decide it for them. It's just not my place. It's like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I have my, you know, my convictions like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this for posterity. I'm going to do it for, you know, the future generations for the children. Um, I mean, for, for posterity. When I, I mean, and, uh, you know, I mean, people can agree with that. They can disagree with that. I mean, I, and I'm happy that, and I'm, I mean, I'm, I'll talk to anyone about it, but. Uh, do you hope to have kids? Are you a guy who wants like a big family? I, I, I think so. I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I, like right now I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about like, you know, you know what I'm thinking about. It's carbon capture, but uh, <laughs> at least what I'm trying to think about. But uh, I did not expect when you said, you know what I'm thinking about. I, carbon capture. I did. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the Rick and Morty thing where he's like sexually attracted to planets? No. <laughs> Anyways, man, um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I, I think like, 
yeah i mean in the future i want to have like you know like i want to be in love i want to have like you know a female life partner but uh yeah i mean sometimes i think like marriage puts a lot of pressure on things and it's like if someone is going to be with me for a long time i don't want it to be because they feel locked into it by marriage by a ring Mm. by you know church it's it's like i want it to be because you know they love me and because i can help them grow still and um yeah I, like I don't, I don't want it to be like this forced thing. Like, oh, trapped you. I, I got you to marry me. Now you're, now you're, now you're, now you're screwed. Right. <laughs> uh, I want, yeah, you know, I, I want it to be like, like that's, like that's how I look at it. I want it to be because I can help them grow because they can help me grow. Like, I, I don't want, I don't want it to be like, you know, just some contract that you're honoring. Just. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting social dynamic because if a divorce is so prevalent should we still be pushing marriage in our society or is there a better way call it cohabitation whatever um i'm not even saying like polygamy where you got like multiple wives or multiple husbands because women can be empowered just like men but like it's a weird um tried and true moral measuring stick yeah something i feel young i mean Sometimes I think like good is well. This is an idea from Zeb Weinstein, which I find like pretty interesting. It's like good is a proxy for the stability and prosperity of civilization. So if 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 you have this institution that leads to that, then there's something there. But at the same time, I think like I don't know. Is this like in my case? Is this what I need? Is this really? Is this what's really best for the other person too? Is this what's? I mean, is this what's best for you know my mission to help with posterity? Like. Um, you know, it's, it's like, that's, I mean, yeah, but, I, but I don't mean to like dismiss it outright because there's something to it. I mean, it, it, like, like the church did, I, like, I, you know, as, as, I mean, I'm not trying to be ignorant of history and like, I don't think science is denounced religion and it's that easy. I think you need to look like, okay, well, the church did offer stability. It offered these ethical customs. It offered you community. Uh, and I think about Thomas Aquinas in particular, St. Thomas Aquinas, like, and, um, and, and, you know, I'm drawing from like this Seb Weinstein. He's just like this kid who, who's like, uh, and just a kid, but, uh, you know, but, but, but he's, but he's really smart, man. Like he's got, he's got some good ideas. He's got, he's, he's, he's uh, and what he said is, you know, he was subtly, so Thomas Aquinas was subtly introducing, um, aspects of the scientific method in the most, in one of the most darkest times of human history. And he said, there's something I can learn from that. And I think that, you know, I can learn like there's something I can learn from that too. I mean, Thomas Aquinas. Thomas, I, mean, I, I would I would tell us bad like no caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> it's um I feel like you're getting it's amazing, man. It took you a while. I feel like you're finally getting more comfortable to ramble a little more. Yeah, I guess I guess a few hours of conversation will do that. We'll do that to you, right? I was trying to draw yeah. you out. I always try to balance that. Um, just like early on, I was like John notes, and I got self conscious. Like, fuck, man, I didn't explain to him. Like, it just helps me with the editing process when I timestamp. If I take notes about little topics, I'm not trying to be dismissive. Um, Don't worry about it. I didn't even think about it like that. Gotcha, right? But I get self conscious. But the thing is, I also get self conscious about um, pauses as far as me not responding, because I don't want to make people feel awkward, but at the same time, you want to give people time to gather thoughts if they're about to express themselves. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm working on that. Like, um, 
you know, like some of like some of the smart people I know, like to really get like the more comfortable with I, that's something I could work on. Is like just getting comfortable with a pause. Like you stop and you collect your thoughts. Yes. Like so so often there's like this implicit pressure to to respond instantly, but I think that's kind of silly. Like you know, sometimes it's okay to stop and collect your thoughts. I wish I you know, but I I guess what I'm always worried about is like, is the other person gonna think I'm being dismissive or like, no, I'm worried about that. Yeah. Well, I I meant it like I felt it amazing again reflecting back on our conversation i'm like dude i fucking interjected way too quickly i feel like i don't know I, did it make you uncomfortable me interjecting quickly because i feel like now that i'm like seeing your flows and patterns i'm like dude i should have just shut the fuck up and like let my man gather his thoughts for a little bit well i mean it's nice to have a conversation i i, I can't think of any like I, I i can't think of any times where you like I'm not looking back on this and I'm like, dang, that's Sean guy. He rejected. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> like, that. like I, I honestly just appreciate someone just having a conversation with me. Gosh, dude, it's been, I, I did not, um, I don't know. I, I love going into conversations, not kind of knowing, um, what'll be covered. And I always have this debate in my head because it's, I don't know if it's branding or some bullshit, but like, getting to know you like oh where did you grow up oh tell me about your childhood yeah. oh remember let me just remember my lines here yeah right versus like, like just like if someone wants to come on and just kind of explore some ideas about where they are yeah i find that super interesting i, I feel like there's real value in if listeners actually hear two people explore ideas off the cuff um right you know so to me it's um I, I, it's funny, man. Sometimes mid pod, like as I'm trying to like wrap up, I'll start like reflecting back to be like, was I a dick? What could I have done better? And when you brought up the pause thing, I don't know. It's something I picked up where I feel, I feel like you should be confident in that, man. Cause I, I can see it in the body language. People won't be able to see it, but like you can see it in the eyes when your eyes roll, which I learned or someone told me it's bullshit. As far as like eyes go up, you're thinking eyes go down, you're lying. It's like charisma and command. Because I used to watch that. I used to watch it when I was like socially anxious. I was like, but but anyways, go on. Oh no, what was that? Charisma and I'm Charisma and Command. I, I was so socially anxious, I was trying to like figure out how to actually like talk to people at parties. And um I, I guess what under what what like what what really what really kind of um what really I took away from that is that like at some point, like I'm not just trying to sound you know, I'm not just trying to, you know, be like the, you know, the smart, the smart, like, like, like there is like, I, I think there comes a point when it's like charisma versus intelligence and, you know, being yourself. And it's like, I'm not, you know, I'm not like, I'm not, you know, like, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be Robin Williams in this conversation. I'm shooting myself. <laughs> like, um, there comes a point, but also it really helped me to get like the kind of like just the underlying mindsets that, um, that you need to talk to people. It's like, you know, you don't like, one of them is you don't have anything to prove. Uh, I mean, he had this one video, like the six magnetic mindsets that kind of stuck with me, but I, but I did put it down after a while. Cause I was like, you know, he had these videos where it's like, this is what makes Robin Williams so funny. And I was like, okay, well, you know, it's great for him, but I'm just trying to be me now. Yeah. Right. And then you start parroting that shit and then you're. Yeah, exactly. Pushing. Exactly. Like, no doubt, man. I, it, it's funny, man. Social, the social pressures to impress people who will most likely never remain in your life is a very mm -hmm. odd human dynamic. And I don't know if like 
dude, dogs. I, I I live near the beach and I take my dogs for a walk on the beach. And I often wonder, like, my dog seemingly does not give a fuck when she runs up to you. She wants to be petted, but if she doesn't get petted, I never see my dog pause before approaching the next person and being like, will this person pet me? She just fucking goes. <laughs> she's like, person, and she's out. And I wonder what it is about our awareness. Is it like a social awareness that people have that limits or lowers their self-confidence? It's a fucked up trade-off. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know exactly what to say, but I mean, it's just and, there, and there is nothing that's objective, like, like a single correct answer, really. Yeah. But... Well, it's uh, happiness is relative, right? Form of function. So like the dog is just happy running around experiencing the moment, so we say, and make fun of a dog what you want. They seem content as hell, lay in the sun, eat some food, get their belly rubbed. Yeah. They're happy. They're happy tuning it out. Yeah. That, there's something I can learn from that. Like, yeah. no, like really you know, there's signal and there's noise and I'm trying to be like closed feedback loop. Like that was like this crazy analogy I thought of. Uh, well, actually, I think Elon Musk actually talked about it. Like he was like, with your crit- with your criticism, I guess closed loop as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, you know, like open loop, like open loop, you'd really let it get to you, and you'd let it kind of take control. But with a closed feedback loop, you know, you, um, you can, uh, you know, you can kind of just figure out like what is the difference. But you know, like, like what should I make of this feedback? Just more in control, really. That's what I think of. Hundred percent. It's not wasted energy, man. And I think that's as as I get older, the thing you look for is, can you get trusted feedback? Like it's it the comments that come from this person are they worth my time? Right. Do they match my growth goals and my development? So cool. I'm willing to listen to you tell me whatever for five minutes because I think you're. I'll gain something from it. Yeah. But it's hard when you're younger because you, you it's almost like you want everyone to be that person or you believe everyone can be that person. So you're just fucking filtering. <laughs> right. Like you got to have, you got to be like really composed when you look at the feedback. You got to be like, okay, is this well thought out? Is this, is this actually a good criticism? Yeah. I mean, and sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. I don't, I, I can't think of like a single, like a single metric. It's like, that really helps me, you know, besides something super big, like, does it make me better off or does it, does it bring me close to my goals? Um, I, mean, I still feel like that's very vague, but it's like some framework to decide what is, what is a valid critique and what is not. I think if it makes you think and reflect versus makes you offended. But some, but some things I don't want to think and reflect on, like what if someone just, I don't know, what if some obnoxious person was just like, I don't know, just 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 kind of missed the mark with their criti- with their criticism. They were they were they were like, I don't know, what well, like what was invalid critique? I mean, well, then you're not thinking and reflecting because you just said it was invalid. So you're judging. You're deeming that. That's true. You're you're basically saying bullshit, dumbass. Like that's the reply. So the, it's part of the fun thing, which uh, I'm sadistic about. I don't watch like dr- like I forget whatever kind of TV it's called, like soap operas where The Bachelor would get lumped into just like bad reality TV. But I find guests for the podcast by going through comments and replying to people who post comments on other people's posts. And something I'll do is I love watching people troll other people on social media. 
And then when they interact, I'm all fucking in. Like, let there be 12 replies for one person talking shit on someone's post. I'm like, yeah, let's see how they interact. And in, yeah. my, in my head, I'm like, I can't imagine all this wasted energy that they just gave towards something that's completely irrelevant. Right. But well, it's just, like if someone, well, I don't know. Like, I mean, this is just a really easy example, I guess. But if there's someone, if someone commented and was like, hey, next time, don't wear an NASA shirt. And I was like, well, like, you know, like, like not, not every critique is worth thinking into, but it's worth, it's worth thinking about for least a second. Like, maybe. I'm, yeah, I'm, well, trying, I'm trying to be good with it. Like, like don't take it personally, but, don't, but, but derive like, you know, the useful. Yeah. So then but from it. would you look at who said that comment? So if it was Elon Musk and Elon said, don't wear a NASA shirt. Then I'd probably give it more credence because I think that's, I think, I mean, to me with his track record, he's earned it. hundred like, percent. Right. So, and not to simplify it, but like if it's a blue checker, right. Someone validated or someone who has a shit ton of followers Maybe you're like, oh, or if it's a name you recognize because you read and you quote, like, I've, dude, I've never had someone, it, it's like you're a fucking um, plagiaristic poet, the way you can quote, man. I'm super impressed with how many people are just going through your mind. So if it's one of those people that you value their opinions and they said that, fuck yeah, right? Because you value the source and now you're going to yeah. reflect. Where if yeah, it's, if it's someone who knows you often, hundred percent, often they have better things to say. Yeah, but if it's me, we haven't had this, and I see your picture, and I'm like, dude, lose the NASA shirt. You're like, yeah, fuck that guy. What does he know? Well, yeah, I mean, it's like, I'm, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, now that we've had two hours of conversation. I would think, like, on what basis? Yeah, like, no, I'm talking pre, but exactly, but that's what I'm but, getting yeah. at. So feedback, it, it's all about, and teachers learn this so early and, and it's hard for them to apply. Kids won't be comfortable receiving feedback until they value who's giving it to them. And just True. because you're their teacher doesn't mean they're going to value your intelligence or position. They value yeah, you as a person. Right. Yeah. You know? And so I'm, yeah, it's like, interesting. Like, yeah. Well, it's like, for me, it's like, it's like I, I try to. I'm, I'm trying to think about like reverence. Like, can I know my place? Can I know when, 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 when they're trying to listen and when they're not? I'm, just, I'm, I'm working on like this idea of reverence. Um, and I, yeah. But I think but yeah, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. No, that's a good mentality, man. And I could not imagine. I'm nowhere near when I post something. I get fucking trolls. Right now, I get bots, which I feel super accomplished that I hashtag enough to get bots. Um, and then the people who comment, if they do comment, like there are people who have been on the pod and it's like a little community. I don't have some dickhead that's like, Sean, you interject too much, you dumbass, or Sean, your analogies are shit. You know, I don't know what would happen if I'm reading those comments. And I couldn't imagine someone posting something and then all yeah. of a sudden kids from their high school are talking shit publicly. And it's like, fuck, now we got in a pissing contest. Yeah, like, I mean, I've probably done that too. I, what, I, what I really thought was a good critique was, you know, like I, I, I'm thinking when I, I there's like this other podcast host, his name is Sean Carroll. Uh, he, he's like, he's like, he's a guy who works at any physicist at Caltech. And I was like, maybe I was a little rash with this critique. I mean, the thing is, he tweeted this, like, I mean, he tweeted something, I, I guess maybe it hit a nerve. He tweeted this thing that was like, um, from Ezra Miller, who wrote the guy, who wrote this book, Why We're Polarized. And he was like, well, Republican politicians are no longer worth appealing to. You just need to appeal to the voters. And I'm like, well, who'd they vote for? 
like I just felt like it was so logically inconsistent. And like I mean, even if my even if my critique was right, I it was probably the wrong. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess he's not that receptive. Or I mean, like, I'm trying to think like 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 you know if I if my if my only goal was to make sure like you know this critique is understood, I would you know go befriend him but i don't have time for that because he doesn't want to listen to me i mean i'm just some random, <laughs> i'm just some kid i'm just some random tweeter yeah right so did he reply did you get any interaction from it or oh, anyone he else me. he straight up blocked me dude really yeah and then i sent him an email and i was like hey well i don't know that's probably a little I don't, I don't know maybe i should just let it be but i was like i'm trying to also give you some you know i then i was like i, I sent an email and then i showed him like all the times i like, given him positive feedback as well like you asked a great question, you know, you set up this guest really well. So you had, you had Stuart Russell on the podcast or, or like, Hey, like this, this, this thing about, you know, um, inter interdisciplinary papers, we ignore those. I think that's great. You know, and I was trying to show him, I'm not just some troll yeah. who, who only gives negative, who, who, who only thinks you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah, like, like you've kind of earned the right to be a little critical. Yeah. I don't know why I took it so personally. I mean, I felt like, I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I just don't want to alienate people like that. Well, you've invested time, my friend. Yeah, and I, you know, that's not the first thing I tweeted at him either. I tweeted yeah. like, I tweeted like, "This is genius." When, when he tweeted his interdisciplinary thing, because frankly, I thought it was really creative, and I thought I was, I think I thought it was genius, man. But like, I don't know. I, I, I get, I get bothered when you know when someone like that like just sees the one tweet, they don't remember anything else I tweeted. Yeah, but and so like, what does that control. say more about him, right? That he respond? Did he respond to any of your positive tweets? Like with likes no. or anything like that, hearts no. or appreciate that. No, man, he didn't. And I, 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 I don't know. I was so bothered by it. I was like, on micro. Yeah. I mean, who's this so guy? I, I gotta like, look up the, this guy so I can hate on him. I'm sorry. Say his name one more time. No, don't hate on. Don't hate on. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't. I'm like, I'm not a dick like that. Uh, yeah, but like, I don't know. So often, I feel like I, 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 and I guess maybe what bothered me is I felt like it's a microcosm for what goes on in the country. Like you got left and right. You got people. You know. It bothers me when you see neighbors turning against neighbors, families turning against families based on misunderstandings. Dude, it's a great example of the echo chamber. Like, apparently, this guy, if I'm going to cast judgments from afar, because I don't even remember his last name, Sean. Sean, Sean you're, you're trying to create an echo chamber where you can't be questioned. And when you get positive feedback, you're not valuing it with appreciative, humble, even hearts. <laughs> But when you get a little bit of negative, you go to the immediate block. Like why, why my, my thought would be, why can't you be challenged? Especially if- Yeah, exactly. And if, and if it's an intellectual type podcast, which it, I'm assuming it is, it's more about actual yeah. ideas and theories. You should hope that people are challenging you because you know what that means? They value what you're bringing to the table, man. And they're either gonna confirm it, which, adds to your persona of being intelligent or they're going to help you avoid the pitfalls of dude you're a dumbass this don't work fix it i don't know if that's super critical of me but that if sean was my student that's what i'd be telling him no that's not what i'm thinking i'm thinking like i'm thinking was i a little too on the nose with a critique i was like i mean i, I, I it's because he didn't respond to it but then i was like I, then, like, I, I think I remember the exact tweet, but the last thing I tweeted at him before he blocked me was like, um, it was some diss, uh, like straight off of like, I don't know, whatever rapper's diss track, but it, but, but it was like with physics. It was like, um, it was like, 
Oh, no, I, I tweeted a compliment at another physicist, Max Tegmark, and I was like, um, oh, man, I can't remember. I said something about, like, you know, it can unify people with love and logical consistency. And then, and then, in, tw- and then in parentheses, I was like, no offense, Sean Carroll. <laughs> like maybe that was a little too on the nose. Okay, but I mean, so, come on, it's Twitter. If you can't take the heat, get out. I mean, get out of Twitter. Yeah, well, that's what like, I mean. That that's part of what Twitter is supposed to be, right? It's just snarky yeah. ass, stupid comments. Um, yeah. All right. Like, so then, not, in full disclosure, you had multiple negative comments about it. Then, not just one. Yeah, that's true. I guess I, I guess I was wrong about that. All right. Well, then I can't stick up for you anymore. Well, but but I said no offense. But I mean, okay, it depends <laughs> on how you're going to interpret it. I said no offense. I gave a compliment to someone else. So it's like that's so the, it's like I mean, like sometimes what I say is if, if you take it personally, it's a projection. I mean, this is this is like the sharpest arrow in my quiver. It's like if he took it personally, it's a projection of his own insecurity and inability. Yeah. But I mean, it, 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 it's 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 a pretty rough thing to say, but. I mean that's Twitter, man. You're, in, you're like you're in the arena. At, at least it was actually it was actually pretty well thought out. Like that's not just that's not just you suck. That's like yeah, that's like right. something pretty elaborate. Like some and people. hopefully like pretty like I don't. I, I mean I, I guess I got, I I, let, I got frustrated maybe, but I don't know. Interesting. Anyways, the thought process. It's amazing that I know none of these people, and you intimately know them and their research. Um, it's fucking, it's impressive, man. No, dude. I like it's, it's, it's impressive because it's so easy for me and I I do enjoy sports. I probably spend too much time watching TV and indulging in basketball primarily, but sports in general, um, where like you forget there's that same type of culture, but in different environments, you know, like people talk shit about sports all the time. And that happens with physicists too like it's just oh yeah that's why it's that that, i don't know that's why i enjoy enjoy the story yeah i'm not sure how much people realize that's a part of science i mean just look up like like uh isaac newton and robert hook they had beef like these genius physicists and they had they had it in the royal society um the royal society and you know like you know like that that's where like it's like this academy in uh uk it's where they had but, but they would go and they would debate their theories and it's like yeah. these guys had some beef. And I bet you they were competitive as fuck, man. Because Probably, you're not trying to yeah. be wrong. You're trying to be the dude that and I feel like they the way we I don't know if we, because I don't know if I'm included. I feel like the way you I don't want to say you because it's not exclusively you. How do I word this? I don't take it personally, don't the, well, it's more like the apprehension of the younger generation about being um frozen in their social media time being elsa elsa boom that's who i am this comment yeah the way you feared the way you expressed fear for it i feel like those guys back then wanted to be frozen because they sought fame and historical reference i don't know man you don't think like you don't think they just wanted to be the guy like darwin didn't fucking do this to be Darwin, to have people well, talking about him fucking 200 years later? Well, Newton made his writings, and he made them deliberately hard to read. So if he just wanted to be like, you know, understood by the people of his time, I don't think he would have done that. But I think so that's I think, I think he was, I'd like to think he was motivated by something higher than fame. I really think he was. I always thought that was more like, that's why I asked you about, do you mind sharing your carbon idea? Because I always thought that was their fear of spies and someone else taking the credit. 
more so no, than the thing is, the thing is I like I, I literally just emailed my notes verbatim to someone who who, who hasn't even agreed to work with me yet? The no, other man, day. not no, no, He's, not you in general. I'm yeah, talking about yeah. Newton. Like using the Newton example, I'm, what I'm saying is, I would have thought that he's making it hard to read, so that someone else couldn't take credit. And I think the I mean, a lot of people say the idea was he only wanted like really, really creative or really literate people in math and physics to read it. And the the, classes. I, and, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's because he wanted to avoid, you know, some troll. Scrutiny. Like yeah, it could have been, man. Like, imagine, like, back in the day, like, going to bars and just having to hear. And then you didn't want to fucking leave. Like, where else are you going to go? And you got to sit here and enjoy your beer and some dude's just fucking telling you about how terrible your theory is. Right, exactly. And spitting on you versus just one tweet and they're out. Right, but, like, whereas someone like Robert Hook can probably give you maybe a better critique. Maybe. I mean, I'm not I, – I mean, I don't know. Looking back on it. It's, I mean, they were debating optics, and it seemed like Newton was right about optics. But yeah, I just know all Wait, my um, special education students. It took uh, three classes for them not to call him Hooky, because his name has an e at the end, right? That's just that's just like yeah, yeah. So it's that's what I when you bring up Robert Hook, like that's what I associate. That's my experience with Robert Hook that he has an e at the end, and I'm like, dude. It's not hooky. So when you're giving your report, summarizing what you've learned, do not say Robert Hooky, okay? <laughs> like seventh grade science, a ton of basics. Well, isn't there something with hooky like to play hooky is like the, to like skip, like to cut class? Yeah, but I think I would spell that I E, not H O O K E. Isn't oh, Robert Hook with a Robert single Hook. E? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, there it is. See, I'm. I'm I don't know, man. I, I, I'm impressed by me right now. Actually, you know who I'm impressed nothing by? Wrong with that, man. <laughs> I'm impressed by because I knew nothing about this, but I'm impressed by the uh, seventh grade science teacher that I got to co-teach um, in his class for three years, and the dude's fucking legit, man. And kids would complain about shit, but hearing you reference all these names that he's bringing up for kids who might have that interest. To me, just reaffirms how awesome that motherfucker was. Like, he would catch shit for being hard and too stringent and bend your standards. These are seventh graders. But I'm amazed at how much you've spoken about that I was able to connect to because I'm referencing literally back to his class. Ravi, I am, I can't believe we went three hours just fucking pondering. Um, I'm going to get you out of here on this just because I got to work tomorrow. That's right. Do you know how my podcasts end? My last segment. You know, I don't. I know it began with, I know it usually begins with a king and I, but I don't know how it ends. <laughs> but, uh... Okay. Um, only three people have. Shout out Jeej, Christian, Kristen, and Eric. A pastor, an adventurer, and a hopefully wannabe teacher. Um, you're going to have to tell a story about yourself. Okay? Can I get your best first for last? We've saved the best first for last. Sponsored by Abstinence. Waiting makes it worthwhile. My best first? For last.
You have to let me think about this for a little bit. You overanalyzing? I, I, my, my first, like, um, I was really proud of myself um, when I was in, like, I think 12th grade, and I, like, proved the derivatives of sine and cosine, and I felt like I did that, like, with not that much help, and I was like, dang. I'm like, I'm getting there. So, so I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's just off the top of my head. Hold on, wait. So take me to the moment, man. Make it a story. So, and you lost me on proved the derivatives. Oh, it was okay. So it was actually eleventh grade, and I had this fantastic teacher, um, Mr. James. Um, and you know, we it was his pre-calculus course, and at the very end of it, he was going to teach us like he was going to he was going to tease us with a little bit of calculus. Um, and I guess where we started, like we started with, like, what is the definition of a derivative of a mathematical function? Um, and he kind of, like, you know, it's not like it was an original discovery. It was like a, you know, independent verification. It was like a rediscovery of, um, of the old. Um, but like, he gave me just like, just enough tools to kind of figure it out for myself. What are the tools? So that's where I get lost in my own math education cosine sine i when you say that i picture the four quadrant graph and i picture lines just going places right like well, that's correct. yeah right i have no fucking idea what it does i picture me needing a ti-84 scientific calculator and four AAA batteries and pushing a button and it doing something but me not understanding any parts of it well you were onto something with the four quadrants it's it's um i, I mean i picture the unit circle like a little circle with a radius one and um, co co cosine and sine can describe different points on it. Okay. Uh, they're like trigonometric functions. I, I mean, I, I like, you know, it's okay to get geeky, man. I don't mind. Um, but I'm curious. Yeah, but the thing like, is I can't explain it. Like, you know, it's like, like, like for someone to really understand it, it's like, it's like, it's like you told me, like, you know, you get like students learn when they think about it, they're on their own. So it's like, like if I wanted to, if I wanted to show someone this, it's like, how can I? Yeah. Show it I without having a visual. Well, I'm curious, what were the t minimal tools? I guess that's why I was saying that. Like, I don't know what the minimal tools would be to discover that. The definition of the derivative, um, some angle addition formulas, like like what is cosine A plus B? Well, it's, um, so it's sine A cosine B. Are you reading it off your wall? Do you have this no. written above? No, I don't, have, I don't have a. I don't have a I'm just trying, I'm, my eyes are just going to the side when I think. I'm trying, I'm trying to recall the angle addition formula. So it's sine a cosine b plus sine a cosine b plus sine wait, sine a cosine b plus sine b cosine a. If I remember right. Okay. Uh, the angle addition formula. So the angle addition formulas for cosine and sine, um, and uh, the definition of the derivative, and then just a little bit of algebraic stuff, and you know, ability to evaluate limits. Like I guess that was those, those would be like the ingredients, I guess, of that proof. And then how it's, do it's you prove, awesome proof? How do you prove it with that? Um, so what you do is you take the so you like the definition of the derivative. You have like so you have like um so for the derivative of, of x it's f of x plus h minus f of x all over h where h is some number that goes to zero so it's like the limit of as h goes to zero of that um 
that rational expression. Um, and then you take, and then, uh, but uh, you expand um, f of x plus h using the angle addition formula. And then you, um, like, for, like, for example, if you're trying to do the derivative of cosine, you would do it using the angle addition formula of cosine uh, of sine, the angle addition formula for sine, which is a little different. I think I gave you the one of cosine. Um, <laughs> I wanted to say that, but I was trying to be polite. No, I'm just kidding. I had no idea. <laughs> uh yeah there so so there's yeah so there's now and then well with sine it's so it's sine i'm just using this to, i'm just using this mnemonic device um okay and he taught me is that like um, king henry what what's the one for like the uh metric scale i don't know I haven't heard that king one. henry so kilo hecto drinks deci or deco. If you were up to me, you would just write this in powers of 10, like 10 to the third. Oh, that's six. your mnemonic device for the cosine thing? I thought mnemonic devices. Oh, no, 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 no. Just for the metric. I, I would just like. Oh, uh, okay. Like, so kilo is like a thousand, right? Hecto is a hundred. Deca is 10. Unit is the base, right? So King Henry doesn't. And then you would skip units. Desi, drink, centi, chocolate, milk, milli. So yeah, King Henry doesn't drink chocolate milk. And that's how I remember the metric system from kilo all the way to. That's a good one, yeah. I, uh, I don't know, for, I mean, you, then you have it better memorized than me, no doubt. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, that's what yeah. I was trying to, when you were like thinking of your mnemonic device, that's where my mind went. Yeah. I just think those are proxies for like powers of 10. So I'm just like, why can't you just read the power of 10? But You're right. It'd probably be more efficient and simple. I don't know. I mean, like, like, with, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, um, yeah, yeah, it's like that. Yeah, like that proof. Um, you so you expand f of x plus h, which is actually sine x plus h or cosine x plus h, depending on which one you expand it. Um, and then yeah, you basically do a bunch of algebra. I mean, if I had like a board, I could do it. But no, so I like, how long? How 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 big of a deal? How long? How much time does it take to prove sine cosine? It depends on how much you. It depends on who you ask. Like <laughs> me, once I like like me like uh, I mean for me like I just really need to make sure I got the angle addition formula. I well I mean I know I got the I know I got the expression right. I just got I wanted to make sure I got the sine right. I would just make sure I got that totally right, and then I would just kind of go from there with algebra. But like I mean that that that's because I've done it several times. That's not to say that like. It's, it was that, that way at the beginning. I mean, but how do you actually prove it? You just plug numbers in, and it always balances. Is that you show how? you show that you show that this that this mathematical expression is logically equivalent to some simpler mathematical expression? It's like a, like a theorem almost. Oh, okay, got yeah. you. See that that to me, and I'm not saying it's not impressive. I don't understand enough about it to understand why it's impressive. That's where yeah, I get honestly. lost, man, mathematically. That's why I'm glad the fucking planet has people like you. <laughs> well, back at you, man. I mean, try try putting me try putting me in a classroom teaching, you know, teaching teaching reading teach from phonetics. Oh, bull, dude, the the fact that you referenced Batman's story arc, you'd be fine. <laughs> you understand. You'd be uh, fine. Don't don't no, don't be humble here. You, you like I like I don't know. 
I think I think we both have stuff to be proud of. Oh yeah. I'm definitely proud of what I do, but I can tell you the way you think um, you would be breaking down story, at least for me, because I'm, I, I feel we think very similarly, even though you're like several mathematical planes above me. I, I, well, that's, that's just math. I, I, mean, yeah. I like physics more, honestly. Okay. But, so I, I like the way you think about, I don't know. I analyze stories mathematically, at least I try to. I try to make them very formulaic, although I ha I don't have a formula. And I think there are consistents, which are tropes. And the fact that you've referenced that several times, man, I think you'd be a great analytical reader. Now you might, the spelling might fuck you up or some phonetics might, or some bullshit basic question because you're past that. And you would just need someone to recognize that he's beyond that. Like, why do we even care about where he puts a comma? Let's focus on the idea. The commas are relevant. The idea is what substance is. Yeah, that's not exactly what I'm, like, I'm with you. Like, when I look at art, I'm not thinking about grammar. Yes, but, 100%. And um, I think too many kids get limited in their ideas because teachers focus on basics that they know versus giving them feedback on how they're expressing it. And I hate it. Well, I hate yeah. watching kids stop their thinking because they're like, how do you spell? D does a period go here? It's like, dude, who cares? Keep keep going. What's your idea? Yeah. You know, there's something that you do that I also really want to learn to do. It's something that, teacher, you know, that all good teachers do, and that's inspire people. And it's like, the thing is, if I, you know, if I, if I want to be a good leader, I need to, I need to be able to, you know, I need to, it's like I got I got I got a fortune cookie the other day, and it's like um, great people. Great people also make others feel like they can be great. They can inspire people, and it's like that's something that I think you know all good teachers do, and that's something I'm trying to do, like trying to work on that. Like, how do I inspire people at the same time? Um, bring out the best in my friends. Bring out the best in people. Like, I'm trying to figure that out too. Dude, man, what a great fucking. What a great perspective you have, man, for a 21-year-old. You got an old soul, Robbie. You really yeah, do, yeah. man. Yeah. Dude, man, okay. I, if I did not have responsibilities in the AM, my friend, I would uh, keep going um, and speaking yeah. with you. But yeah, we gotta. I, hey, if we want, we can talk some other time, man. Dude, 100%. I'm getting to the point now. Um, you're the 97th? 97th guest maybe technically 94 if somebody went back and audited because whatever numbers lies um you're over 90 and i just actually posted today um an andre pod where he's the first guest i've had on for the second time oh um, because i didn't so when i did when i was like researching i was, I was like hanging like what is this podcast all about i listened to yv but i didn't listen to andre yeah so you're you are yv was another twitter dude but he's more into the stocks and it, it, he was another kid where he's explaining shit and I'm, I'm, I'm just blown away by his intelligence and blown away by um, his thoughtfulness for at such a young age, him being so accomplished to me, but him feeling like he hasn't done shit is an interesting dynamic. And I love young, hungry, ambitious dudes that are humble enough. They're not full of themselves. And it, it's... Yeah, man, it's interesting that you went to that uh, that episode. Yeah, but yeah. So anyway, I'm sorry. Long long way to be like, dude. I'd love to have you back on because it's cool to get 
to know somebody and it's not like I'm going to ghost you or block you or any shit like that. But then to have like another long conversation just to be like, it's almost like a time capsule. Hey man, you were here at this point. Like what's up now? And yeah, it's, exactly. It, it's yeah, kind give, of, give some time to maybe develop the carbon capture ideas further. Exactly. And, uh, Dude, and, like, I'll, and I'll see what, you know, see what, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, like one thing is like, it's like, it's like in this podcast, you know, it's like, I, I, I kind of, you know, I don't want it to be like all about like the guest, you know, like, you know, this is the, the interviewer is there too. So it's like, I want to see what, you know, I want to see what you're working on too. And uh, yeah, I'm working on the podcast right now, working on inspiring and changing lives, um, working on my sure. tan. A little bit too. I'm excited that it's summer. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Living by All right. Well, let, well, let's uh, let's let, yeah, let's uh, maybe get some time. We'll we'll both work on ourselves. And yeah, absolutely, dude. And I mean, it's cool connecting through social media because then as I'm scrolling through shit looking for guests, I always love interacting when people post things. Do you know what I'm saying? Because you do, you feel connected with people, and you're like, oh man, oh shit, you're up to here. Like, great job, or whatever you say some like snarky ass comment to somebody just because you feel you have a relationship to be a little bit of a dick towards them. And it's, you know, and it's just kind of like fun in that nature. And it's part of what I've really enjoyed, um, getting to know people all around the world, man. It's, uh, it's really cool. And I'm so glad you took the time, man. I know you were a little apprehensive at first, but it's, um, I think it's good, especially for kids like you. I shouldn't say kids. I don't mean to insult you. For young men like you where you just get confidence speaking about your thoughts to an older guy. And Yeah, so you get a life experience, like I said. Yeah, dude. But, uh, but I mean, I mean, yeah. Like, like you I, I should guess, be like, a confident yeah. guy is what I'm getting at, man. Like it, it's fucking like you clearly have a lot of drive. You have great ambition and you have great like moral – reasons for your ambition it's awesome it's refreshing to hear for as much as old people get upset at young people like they're gonna ruin the world no man you're gonna fucking save the world right like you're gonna, one well, of those I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try i'm gonna try i'm gonna try to be a small part of that but uh anyway i really appreciate um i really appreciate you having me having me on it's, it is nice to to talk to someone and you know i feel like you know i mean yeah i don't, I don't know how else to end it but, I mean, but thank you I, i'm grateful <laughs> No worries, man. Um, it was great having y'all. It was great getting to know you and um, look forward to continuing to follow you, my friend. All right. Till next time. Till next time. On the subject I like most. Thanks to Ravi for coming on the Getting to Know You pod and making me smarter. Ravi, man, doing great things. I love the ambition. You're a great man. Keep grinding. Keep learning, my friend. Keep it up. Speaking of keeping it up, (laughs) I don't know why I always have to, but I feel like I do with this guy. Andre Psyche, thank you for supporting the Getting to Know You pod. Search up Andre Psyche, P-S-Y-C-H-E, on social media. Give him a follow just for the fuck of it. If you have not already, friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. The word of the pod is Thorium. Thorium is the word and the element of the pod. Post that word on any of our social media or tag the pod when you use it in yours to get a shout out on our very next podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review the Getting to Know You pod on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. You can also go to our Patreon to support the pod for as little as $2 a month. If you've enjoyed 
getting to know any of our guests. And finally, if you or someone you know would like to become a sponsor of or advertise on the Getting to Know You pod, we would love to partner with you. We have a wide-ranging global audience that would like to get to know more about your brand or business. How do you make it happen? Just message us. We Audi 5000 G. See? There are those fucking numbers. And double dog dare you to go a day without one. <gasps> double.